ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायणम स्कृतम चरोतम देवी सरस्वती व्यास तथो जय मुदीर ये नष्ट प्रायश्वद्रेशु नित्यम भागवत सेवया भगवत्युतम श्लोके भक्तिर्भवती नष्ठिकी Before starting the Shrimad Bhagavatam, which is the very means of conquest, one should offer respectful obeisances unto the personality of Godhead Narayana, unto Naranarayan Rishi, the supermost human being, unto Mother Saraswati, the goddess of learning, and unto Srila Vyasadeva, the author. By regular attendance in the classes on Bhagavatam and by rendering of service to the pure devotee, all that is troublesome to the heart is almost completely destroyed and loving service unto the personality of Godhead, who is praised with transcendental songs, is established as an irrevocable fact. ओमज्ञानतिमरांधस्ञानाजनशलाकयाचक्षुन्मीलिमेनाथस्मगुरव नम नम ओं विष्णुपदा कृष्णपृष्ठा भूतले श्रीमते भक्तिदस्वामी नामिने नमस्ते सारस्वते दौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषून्यवादी पाश्चातिणे जय श्रीकृष्णचैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्री अद्वैत गदाधर श्रीवासादिगौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्ण हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे सो वेलकम टू दिस फिफ्थ एंड लास्ट एपिसोड ऑफ श्री नरसिंह लीला एज वी रीड फ्रॉम द पेजेस ऑफ श्रीमद भागवतम थर्ड एंड सेवेंथ कांटो इन द थर्ड कांटो वी हैव स्टडीड द हिस्ट्री ऑफ Uh, Hiranyaksha and how he was killed by Lord Varaha, and in the seventh canto we are reading the pastimes of Prahlad Maharaj and how he was um, oppressed by his father Hiranyakashipu, and today we will be seeing the last episode of this pastime where Narasimhadev actually kills Hiranyakashipu, saves Prahlad, and how the demigods um, offered their prayers and how Prahlad offered his prayers and how Narasimhadev blessed. Prahlad Maharaj so we have a lot to cover in this episode so we will quickly get up to speed so we're reading from canto 7 chapter 8 lord narsimhadev slays the king of the demons that's the name of the chapter so kindly let me know in the comments uh, how is it uh, how the quality is the audio and video because today i feel it is all right and smooth so kindly let me know in the comments that will be helpful for me So we will continue reading now. <clears throat> Narad Muni continued. All the sons of the demons appreciated the transcendental instructions of Prahlad and took them very seriously. They rejected the materialistic instructions given by their teachers Shanda and Amarka. So as we have read yesterday, Shanda and Amarka they were uh, they took him took Prahlad Maharaj to Hiranyakashipu and Hiranyakashipu uh, tried to kill him in so many ways but he couldn't and after that they put him back to school um try to try to trying to teach him even more of this politics and diplomacy and education of the demons um but when okay good vijay sharma says the audio and video is very good okay good thank you very much so um so as we have seen in the absence of shanda and amarka the teachers um prahlad maharaj took the opportunity to to preach krishna consciousness among his demoniac friends 
Actually, I missed answering two questions from yesterday's live stream. I think we will answer that in today's live stream uh, towards the end. I thought of answering at the beginning, but I think we will just go ahead with, this, with the story. And at the end, we will uh, try to answer that. And if you have any questions, please drop them in the comments. We will take them up uh, at the end of the session. All right. So, Narad Muni continued. All the sons of the demons appreciated the transcendental instructions of Prahlad Maharaj and took them very seriously. They rejected the materialistic instructions given by their teachers Shanda and Amarka. <laughs> Not only Prahlad, but all the demonic friends as well gave up the teachings of Shanda and Amarka. So it was backfiring big time. When Shanda and Amarka, the sons of Shukracharya, observed that all the students and uh, students, the sons of the demons, were becoming advanced in Krishna consciousness because of the association of Prahlad Maharaj, they were afraid. They approached the king of the demons and described the situation as it was because. If the news went to Hiranyakashipu without or from, or from somebody else other than Chandra and Amarka, he would probably execute them. So they themselves went in, you know, before anybody else goes. They were already afraid that, you know, what is going on. Then they themselves went, you know, so that at least they will be looking responsible, you know. When they saw the problem, they addressed it. When Hiranyakashipu understood the entire situation, he was extremely angry so much so that his body trembled. Thus, he finally decided to kill his son, Prahlad. Hiranyakashipu was by nature very cruel and feeling insulted, he began hissing like a snake trampled upon by someone's foot. His son, Prahlad, was peaceful, mind, mild and gentle. His senses were under control and he stood before Hiranyakashipu with folded hands. According to Prahlad's age and behavior, he was not to be chastised. Yet, with staring crooked eyes, Hiranyakashipu rebuked him with the following harsh words. Hiranyakashipu said, O most impudent, most unintelligent disruptor of the family, O lowest of mankind, you have violated my power to rule you and therefore you are an absolute or you are an obstinate fool. Today I shall send you to the place of Yamaraj. My son Prahlad, you rascal, you know that when I am angry, all the planets of the three worlds tremble along with their chief, chief rulers. By whose power has a rascal like you become so impudent? that you appear fearless and overstep my power to rule you. No. This was his behavior, basically. Prahlad Maharaj said, My dear king, the source of my strength, of which you are asking, is also the source of yours. Indeed, the original source of all kinds of strength is one. He is not only your strength or mine, but the only strength for everyone. <laughs> he is irritating him even further. I mean, he doesn't want to irritate. He is just speaking the plain truth. But the truth will irritate the fool. You know, as it is said, um, it, is a, it is a folly to be wise where ignorance is bliss. You know, that is the case here. So, without him, no one can get any strength. Whether moving or non-moving, superior or inferior, everyone, including Lord Brahma, is controlled by the strength of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is the Supreme Controller and Time Factor, is the power of the senses, the power of the mind, the power of the body and the vital force of the senses. His influence is unlimited. He is the best of all living entities, the controller of the three modes of material nature. By his own power, he creates this cosmic manifestation, maintains it and annihilates it also. Prahlad Maharaj continued, My dear father, 
Please give up your demoniac mentality. Do not discriminate in your heart between enemies and friends. Make your mind equipoise toward everyone. Except for the uncontrolled and misguided mind, there is no enemy within this world. When one sees everyone on the platform of equality, one then comes to the position of worshipping the Lord perfectly. In former times, there were many fools like you who did not conquer the six enemies that steal away the wealth of the body. <laughs> he is absolutely speaking the plain truth right on the face of Hiranyakashipu, who was feared even by the greatest of demigods, except for Brahma, Vishnu and Lord Shiva. Every other demigod was afraid of him and they were, you know, serving his feet personally. And here is his son, completely nonchalant in his attitude and completely fearless, not out of pride, but out of complete conviction in the protection of the Supreme Lord. A preacher must preach the same message wherever he goes without compromise. Even though there may be risk of his own life, uh, risk, risk to his own life, but still he must preach straightforwardly. That is real preaching. Even though it hurts uh, the demoniac people, it, it will hurt them. Like Hiranyakashipu is very hurt, is very um, you know, um, incensed by these words. But Prahlad Maharaj, when he is I mean, put at a point-blank range and asked questions, he is just answering plainly. He is not covering it up. There is a nice verse that when you are in an assembly where there are things that are going wrong, when you are in a place where things are going wrong, and if you do not speak up, then you will incur sin. So, in the Canto 10, Chapter 44, Text 10 of Srimad Bhagavatam, it is said, Nasabham praviset pragnyah sabhya doshan anusmaran abruvan vibruvan agnyo narah kilbishamashnute. You see, a wise person should not enter an assembly if he knows the participants there are committing acts of impropriety. And if having entered such an assembly, he fails to speak the truth, speaks falsely or pleads ignorance, he will certainly incur sin. So, that's why Prahlad Maharaj is speaking the truth. Yeah. Although his life was a danger. This is the test. So, sometimes Krishna will test us. Uh, he may put us in a very uh, difficult situation. Uh, he wants to see what we will do. Uh, we should stick by Krishna, uh, no matter what. I think there is another verse also, 10.74.40, if I am not wrong. In the 74th chapter, verse 40, there is such a similar. This is um, kind of similar, but uh, again, this is also wrong. Nindam bhagavatah shrenvams tatparasya janasyavat tato napaiti yahsopi Anyone who fails to immediately leave the place where he hears criticism of the Supreme Lord or his faithful devotee will certainly fall down bereft of his pious credit. So, when a, a pure devotee is being uh, offended against, offended, or when the Supreme Lord is offended, if one fails to leave that place, he's, he will be bereft of his pious credit and he will fall down. He should either leave the place or defeat the person with the argument completely. So, here Prahlad Maharaj is completely defeating his father's ideas uh, by speaking the truth. So, he is saying, in former times there were many fools like you who did not conquer the six enemies that steal away the wealth of the body. 
these fools were very proud thinking I have conquered all enemies in the, all the ten directions but if a person is victorious over the six enemies and is equipoised toward all living entities for him there are no enemies enemies are merely imagined by one in ignorance <clears throat> Hiranyakashipu replied you rascal you are trying to minimize my value as if you were better than me and at controlling the senses uh, this is over intelligent <laughs> he thought you know i did meditation for 100 years you know in a, in a in a manner that even brahma praised and you here are talking as if you are you know greatly more self controlled than me hmm? this is over intelligent i can therefore understand that you desire to die at my hands i think you have decided to die at my hands that's why you're speaking like this because anyway you're going to die right so i might as well just speak some nonsense and die hmm? i can therefore understand that you desire to die at my hands for this kind of nonsensical talk is indulged in by those about to die o most unfortunate prahlad you have always described a supreme being other than me a supreme being who's above everything who is a controller of everything and who is all pervading but where is he if he is everywhere then why is he not present before me in this pillar hmm i think uh, in the purport there is some description you see a devotee who has developed from here i am reading a devotee who has developed a genuine love for krishna can always see him everywhere whereas a demon not having a clear understanding of the supreme lord cannot see him when hiranyakashipu was threatening to kill prahlad maharaj prahlad maharaj certainly saw the column standing before him and his father so that's why he is asking this hiranyakashipu asked now uh, if where where is he uh, if he is everywhere is he in this pillar because prahlad maharaj looked at the pillar then hiranyakashipu because he looked at the pillar okay is he here you know like that he was asking when hiranyakashipu was threatening to kill prahlad prahlad certainly saw the column standing before him and his father and he saw that the lord was present in the pillar to encourage him not to fear his demoniac father's words see the lord was personally present and despite the pillar was made of concrete for prahlad it was like a see through not even x ray x ray means you only see the bones you no know, he was seeing the full form of the lord within the pillar like a transparent pillar he was seeing the lord so this is the pure devotee position he will see everything but he will see the lord within everything there chaitanya mahaprabhu said sthavar jangam dekhe na dekhe tar murti ha sarvatra hoy nija ishtadev sphurti so this is a pure devotee position even though he sees sthavar and jangam all the moving and non moving things of this world he just he does not just see their forms he sees his beloved lord everywhere not only in the column everywhere he sees but he saw particularly that the lord was standing in that column and therefore since he looked at the column he said is he in this pillar ah because you are speaking so much nonsense i shall now sever your head from your body now let me see your most beloved or your most worshipable god come to protect you i want to see it you know hiranyakashipu was you know fully overtaken by anger by being obsessed with anger hiranyakashipu who was very great in bodily strength thus chastised his exalted devotee son prahlad with with harsh words cursing him again and again hiranyakashipu took up his sword got up from his royal throne and with great anger struck his fist against the column he did not hit with anything else his own fist of course his fist was harder than a thunderbolt you yeah? know so he struck the pillar with his own fist 
Then from within the pillar came a fearful sound which appeared to crack the covering of the universe. Oh my dear Yudhishthir, this sound reached even the abodes of the demigods like Lord Brahma and when the demigods heard it, they thought, oh, now our planets are being destroyed. Hmm? See, in Purport, Prabhupada writes, as we sometimes become very much afraid at the sound of a thunderbolt, perhaps thinking that our houses will be destroyed. You see, actually recently we had such a thunderbolt uh, in the night here. Very, very loud and we, you know, we will think that the, the house will be destroyed by that, some, you know, the thunderbolt. <laughs> The great demigods like Lord Brahma feared the thundering sound that came from the pillar in front of Hiranyakashipu. Exactly the same way or even more, much more magnified version of that. Not only Hiranyakashipu felt, even Lord Brahma in his planet felt. That kind of sound came. While showing his extraordinary prowess, Hiranyakashipu who desired to kill his own son, heard that wonderful tumultuous sound which I which had never been before heard which had never before been heard upon hearing the sound the other leaders of the demons were afraid none of them could find the origin of that sound in the assembly it did not crack open yet it did not crack open yet the sound just came from within and nobody had yet saw the form of the Lord I think in fact You see, the tumultuous thundering sound was proof of the Lord's presence. The demons like Hiranyakashipu could now realize the supreme ruling power of the Lord. And thus, Hiranyakashipu became afraid. However powerful a man may be, he he always fears the sound of a thunderbolt. Similarly, Hiranyakashipu and all the demons who were his associates were extremely afraid because of the presence of the supreme Lord in the form of sound. Although they could not trace out the source of the sound. So the sound of the Lord is already, in fact, that was the first time in his entire life, Hiranyakashipu felt fear in his heart. Until then, he never knew what fear was. He only knew how to put others in fear, but he himself never experienced fear. This was the first time in his whole life he experienced what fear was. And that was completely bewildering him. And... It is a good point here, the presence of sound, the presence of the Supreme Lord in the form of sound, they were afraid of that. So there is one nice, you know, quotation in the Bhagavatam, first canto, first chapter, 14th verse. Apanna samsratim ghoram, yannam avivashogrinan, tata sadyo vimucheta, yadbibheti svayam bhayam. Living beings who are entangled in the complicated meshes of birth and death can be freed immediately by even unconsciously chanting the holy name of Krishna, which is feared by fear personified. So, Hiranyakashipu was fear personified and he feared the sound. Here it is, of course, the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord, the form of the Lord or the sound that the Lord makes is all the same. Abhinnatvan Namanamino. The Lord, His name, form, pastimes, paraphernalia, entourage, everything is non-different. So, His sound or His holy name, His holy name is feared by 
fear personified. So going back, now the appearance of the Lord. To prove that the statement of his servant Prahlad Maharaj was substantial. In other words, to prove that the Supreme Lord is present everywhere, even within the pillar of an assembly hall. The Supreme Personality of Godhead Hari exhibited a wonderful form never before seen. The form was neither that of a man nor that of a lion. Thus the Lord appeared in his wonderful form in the assembly hall. Now the Lord appeared in his form. And he did not appear because Hiranyakashipu challenged him. Naham prakasha sarvasya yogamaya samavrataha mudhoyam nabhijanati See, for the miscreants, he doesn't appear. He is not interested to appear before them. See, Naham Prakasha Sarvasya, this is Bhagavad Gita chapter 7, text 25. Naham Prakasha Sarvasya, Yogamaya Samata, Mudhoyam Nabhijanati, Loko Maamajamavyayam. I am never manifest to the foolish and unintelligent. For them, I am covered by my internal potency and therefore they do not know that I am unborn and infallible. It's not that we challenge him and he will immediately appear. No, he will not. He is not interested. You challenge, you do whatever you want. You be convinced with your viewpoint that I am not there. I don't exist. It doesn't matter to me. That's what the Supreme Lord thinks. But because his son Prahlad Maharaj said, yes, he is there in the pillar, because of his words, the Lord agreed to appear. He always responds to devotees. He does not respond to non-devotees. Huh? What is that? 4.11 Ye yathamam prapadyante tam stathaiva bhajamyaham Or in Brahma Samhita, he said, Yadrishi, Yadrishi, Shraddha, Siddhir Bhavati, Tadrishi. According to our faith, he responds. If we have faith that the Supreme Lord doesn't exist, He also responds in that way. He will, he will make our intelligence because from Him come remembrance, knowledge and forgetfulness. That is explained in the Bhagavad Gita, in the 15th chapter, 15th verse. See, this is very important. Sarvasachaham hridisannevishto mattah smritir jnanam apohanam cha Of course, the Next two words are, next two lines are different uh, subject. You see, I am seated in everyone's heart and from me come remembrance, knowledge and forgetfulness. These three things come from him. So, if you want to forget him, he is more than glad to help us forget him. If you want to remember him, he is more than glad to help us remember him. So, if you want knowledge of him, then he will reveal the knowledge. While Hiranyakashipu stood all around to find the source of the sound, that wonderful form of the Lord which could not be ascertained to be either a man or a lion emerged from the pillar. In amazement, Hiranyakashipu wondered, what is this creature that is half man and half lion? Okay, now I think I experienced some um, delays in it. I do experience some delay here. Can you let me know in the comments if there is some um, latency between the sound and the, the video. Anyway, we will go forward. Hopefully, by Narasimhadev's mercy, it will become alright. <clears throat> Hiranyakashipu studied the form of the Lord, trying to decide who the form of Narasimhadev standing before him was. The Lord's form was extremely fearsome because of his angry eyes, 
which resembled molten gold, his shining mane which expanded the dimensions of his fearful face, his deadly uh, teeth and his razor-sharp tongue which moved about like a dueling sword, you know, like, no, like a sword. No, his, his tongue was moving like that, you know, like completely full of anger, completely full of anger. His ears was, were erect and motionless and his nostrils and gaping mouth appeared like caves of a mountain. His, his jaws parted fearfully and his entire body touched the sky. His neck was very short and thick, his chest broad, his waist thin and the hairs on his body as white as the rays of the moon. His arms, which resembled flanks of soldiers, spread in all directions as he killed the demons, rogues and atheists with his conch shell, disc, club, lotus and other natural weapons. Uh, this is the form of the Lord that appeared before him. This is called the Ugra Narsimharupa. So there are about, there are various forms of the Narsimharupa according to his mood, you know. So Yoga Narsimha is when he is completely pacified after the killing, after the prayers of Prahlad. He was completely pacified, that is Yoga Narsimha. And at that time, other devotees could approach him. When he was in the Ugra Rupa, at that time, nobody could approach him. Even Brahma and Lord Shiva himself, who is Rudra. Rudra means the personification of anger. When he gets angry, the entire universe is destroyed. That angry he becomes. Even he did not dare go in front of Lord Narsimhadev. Just imagine what kind of anger Lord Narsimhadev showed at that time. So this is the anger, the supreme. So the Lord is supreme in every respect. Whether it's anger, whether it's love, whether it's anything, He's always supreme. Therefore it is said, you know, there is one shloka like this. Bhukhandam, Varanandam, Paravaraviratam, Dampadam, Porudampam, Dim, 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 Dedimbam, Dahamapi, Dahamai, Jhampa, Jhampai, Jhampai. What is that? Tulyas, Tulyas, Tutulyas, Dhuma, 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 Kaihi, Kumkumang, Kaihi, Kumang, Kaihi. Etatte, Purna Yuktam, Ahara, Hakaraha, Patumam, Narasimha. Can you just imagine how angry the Lord was? Extremely angry. He was just coming out of the. Pillar and you know Ugra Rupa completely angry with Narsimhadev, uh, with uh, Hiranyakashipu. Unbelievably angry. Hmm. Hiranyakashipu murmured to himself, Lord Vishnu, who possesses great mystic power, has made this plan to kill me. Hmm. But what is the use of such an attempt? Who can fight with me? Still, he was proud. Although he is seeing before him, you know, complete. Un- unsurmountable strength of the Lord, he is still proud. This is the this is atheist. He is there like this. Who can fight with me? Thinking like this and taking up his club, Hiranyakashipu attacked Lord like an elephant. Just as a small insect insect fails, uh, sorry, falls forcefully into a fire, and the insignificant creature becomes invisible, when Hiranyakashipu attacked the Lord who was full of effulgence, Hiranyakashipu became invisible. This is not at all astonishing, for the Lord is always situated in pure goodness. Formerly during creation, He entered the dark universe and illuminated it by His spiritual effulgence. You see, you understand this, this verse? Hiranyakashipu took up his club and ran and jumped towards the Lord to hit Him. And the Lord, Narsimhadev, He was so bright. Enabhram garjamanam lagulagumakaro. Bahala Chandrarkadamstro. 
his teeth alone were so bright that even the, the brightness of the sun and the moon are diminished. Just imagine the whole form, how bright he was. And when Hiranyakashipu went towards him and jumped towards him, you know, when something, when there is a bright light and you throw something towards the light, big bright light, in the brightness of the light, this thing disappears. You can't see the thing when you, when you throw at it. So, like that, Hiranyakashipu became invisible in the brightness of the Supreme Lord. Uh, I mean, he himself could not see how bright the Lord was. And then he, of course, he saw the features of the Lord, but it was so bright, glaringly bright, the effulgence from the Lord. It was unimaginable. <clears throat> so, it is said that just as a small insect falls forcefully into a fire and the insignificant creature becomes invisible, when Hiranyakashipu attacked the Lord, who was full of effulgence, Hiranyakashipu became invisible. Mm. Thereafter, the great demon Hiranyakashipu, who was extremely angry, swiftly attacked Narsimhadev with his club and began to beat him. Lord Narsimhadev, however, captured the great demon along with his club, just as Garuda might capture a great snake. O Yudhishthira, O great son of Bharata, when Lord Narsimhadev gave Hiranyakashipu a chance to slip from his hand, just as Garuda sometimes plays with a snake and lets it slip from his mouth, the demigods who had lost their abodes and who were hiding behind the clouds for fear of the demon did not consider that incident very good. Indeed, they were perturbed. You know, <laughs> as Hiranyakashipu was hitting the Lord, at one point when the Lord was hitting, Hiranyakashipu slipped from his hand. Hmm. So, he escaped the, the, the beating of Narsimhadev. How can anyone escape the Lord? But Narsimhadev let him slip. Uh, to give him chance to even become more angry. And at the same time, just like Lord Varaha did, when Hiranyaksha hit his club, the Varaha's club went wheeling around and fell into the waters. And similarly, <laughs> here Narsimhadev also uh, let Hiranyakashipu slip from his hand. And Hiranyakashipu became a little confident. And the demigods who were hiding and looking at it, they became afraid. Oh, how come this Hiranyakashipu is so powerful, he can even slip from Narsimhadev. You know, but the Lord let him slip. And they, 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 they considered the incident not very good. You know? <laughs> when Hiranyakashipu was freed from the hands of Narsimhadev, he falsely thought that the Lord was afraid of his prowess. <laughs> Hiranyakashipu thought, the Lord is afraid of me, my power. Therefore, after taking a little rest from the fight, he took up his sword and shield and again attacked the Lord with great force. Making a loud, shrill sound of laughter, the Supreme Personality of Godhead Narayana, who is extremely strong and powerful, captured Hiranyakashipu, who was protecting himself with his sword and shield, leaving no gaps open. So, Hiranyakashipu was a perfect fighter. He was leaving no gaps open in his defense and he was fighting at the same time. But the Lord just captured him. With the speed of a hawk, Hiranyakashipu moved sometimes in the sky and sometimes on the earth. His eyes closed because of fear of Narsimhadev's laughter. <laughs> he was fighting so bravely, but he was completely overtaken by fear because of the laughter, the shrill laughter of uh, Narsimhadev. Angry laughter, you know, that shrill, like a wicked laughter, like, you know, I'm going to kill you kind of laughter, you know. <clears throat> and Hiranyakashipu was completely in fear and he, so much in fear that he closed his eyes, he did not want to even see the face of the Lord, that much fearful. But still, he did not stop fighting. 
As a snake captures a mouse of, or Garuda captures a very venomous snake, Lord Narasimhadev captured Hiranyagarshipu who could not be pierced even by the thunderbolt of King Indra. Even the thunderbolt would break mountains, it can't pierce Hiranyagarshipu's body. It was so hard. But Narasimhadev pierced. As Hiranyagarshipu moved his limbs here, there and all around, very much afflicted at being captured, Lord Narasimhadev placed the demon on his lap, supporting him with his thighs and in the doorway of the assembly hall, the Lord very easily tore the demon to pieces with the nails of his hands. Finished. Within a second, the entire, you know, the austerity that he did, the conquests that he did, everything was undone in a second. Lord Narasimhadev's mouth and mane were sprinkled with drops of blood. His fierce eyes, full of anger, were impossible to look at. Looking, uh, sorry, licking the edge of his mouth with his tongue, the Supreme Personality of Godhead Narasimhadev, decorated with a garland of intestine, intestines taken from Hiranyakashipu's abdomen, resembled a lion that has just killed an elephant. Fully, full of blood and he, his garland was the intestines of Hiranyakashipu. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, who had many, many arms, first uprooted Hiranyakashipu's heart and then threw him aside and turned him and turned toward the demon soldiers. These soldiers had come in thousands to fight with him with raised weapons and were very faithful followers of Hiranyagashipu. But Lord Narasimhadev killed all of them merely with the ends of his nails. Uh, the demons, supporters of Hiranyagashipu were so faithful to Hiranyagashipu that afterwards they were afraid, but at the same time they wanted to avenge the death of their leader. And they came to kill uh, sorry, Narasimhadev with their weapons. Thousands, but I think, I don't know if I have included any, I just included this picture though. Yeah, this, this is the only picture I have. I think there are a few pictures where Narasimhadev is, you know, killing the thousands and thousands of uh, soldiers. Bhubhrit Bhubhrit Bhujangam Pralaya Ravavaram Prajvaladjwalamalam Kharjarjam Kharjadurjam Khikacha Khacha Khachit Kharjadurjarjayantam Bhubhagam Bhogabhagam Gagagagagaganam Gardamartyugragandam Swacham Pucham Swagacham Swajana Jananuta Patumam Narasimha So you can just imagine how fearful he was, you know, that especially the second line. Kharjarjam, Kharjadurjam, Khikacha Khacha Khachit, Kharjadurjarjayantam. So he was completely smashing and tearing them to pieces with his nails alone. Yeah. You can imagine even by the, the sloka itself has sound effects, fully, full sound effects. You know, Steven Spielberg also cannot do like this. You know, this is how the description of the Acharyas, of the, of the form of Narasimhadev, you know, so fearful. <coughs> I think there is another verse also. Garjantam, Garjayantam, Nijabhuja Patalam, Spotayantam, Hatantam, Rupyantam, Tapyantam, Divibhuvidityam, Kshepayantam, Kshipantam, Krandantam, Roshayantam, Dishidishisatatam, Samharantam, Bharantam, Vikshantam, Purnayantam, Karanikarashatair, Divyasimham Namami. So, in this way you can see how Lord Narasimhadev was extremely fearful. Uh, and that Hiranyakashipu and all the soldiers completely killed and Ugra Narasimharup. Very, very, Ugra means angry, horrible. Ugra means horrible. His anger was so horrible 
then no one could look at look, could look at him. You know, hmm. you can say how the supreme lord is horrible. He is the supreme horrible if he wants to be. Supreme means supreme in every respect. So he was like that. Hmm. He not he was he is. It's an ithilila everywhere. Now the Hiranyakashipu chapter was finished in this universe. There is another universe, another another universe. Always this is going on. These are all nithyalilas. The hair on Narasimhadev's head, you know, shook clouds. The hair on Narasimhadev, you know, the lion has so much hair on the on the head, face, the mane, and with his, when he was moving about, you know, the the hair moved the clouds. And scattered them here and there. His glaring eyes told the effulgence of the luminaries in the sky. And his breathing agitated the seas and the oceans. Because of his roaring, all the elephants in the world began to cry in fear. Even the elephants began to cry in fear. Airplanes were thrown into outer space. And upper planetary system. And the upper planetary system by the hair of Narasimhadev's head. Airplanes were thrown into outer space and the upper planetary system by the hair on Narasimhadev's head. So, there were airplanes, all the demigods were trying to witness the pastime in their airplanes. And the airplanes were, you know, thrown away from by the uh, hair on Narasimhadev's head. Then, we have, uh, because of the presence of the Lord's lotus feet, the earth appeared to slip from its position. Not only that, when the Lord was standing on the earth, the earth was, you know, slipping from its orbit because of the weight of Narasimhadev. Uh, and, and all the hills and mountains sprang up due to his intolerable force. Because of the Lord's bodily effulgence, both the sky and all directions diminished in their natural illumination. Mm. Although it was the time of dusk, actually he killed Hiranyakashipu at the time of sunset. But nobody cared what the sun was because Hiranyakashipu, I mean, Narasimhadev was so effulgent that the sun, everything, night or day, it, it was so bright. Uh, it was so bright. Both the sky and all directions diminished in their natural illumination. The sun appeared like, you know, um, some, you know as if it, there was no heat at all, no light in that. Manifesting a full effulgence. Actually, when this was witnessed even by Arjuna. When Arjuna, you can see, when he saw the universal form of the Lord. This is the 11th chapter, 12th verse of Bhagavad Gita. Divisurya sahasrasya bhaved yugapaduthita yadi bhaha sadrishi sasya bhasastasya mahatmanaha. If hundreds of thousands of suns were to rise at once into the sky, their radiance might resemble the effulgence of the Supreme Person in that universal form. If hundreds and thousands of suns were to rise at once in the sky, this was the effulgence that Arjuna saw when he saw the Virat Rupa, Vishwarupa of Krishna. So, such effulgence was being exhibited by Lord Narasimhadev. Hiranyakashipu had been exactly like a fever of meningitis in the head of the three worlds. <laughs> Man, that when you, you get a severe headache, you know he was a headache for the whole universe. Huh? He was like a, exactly like a fever of meningitis in the head of the three worlds. Thus, when the wives of the demigods in the heavenly planets saw that the great demon had been killed by the personal hands of the supreme personality of Godhead, their faces blossomed in great joy. 
the wives of the demons again and again showered flowers from heaven <coughs> upon Narasimhadev lying. <coughs> At that time, the heirs of the demigods who desired to see the activities of the Supreme Lord Narayan crowded the sky. Airplanes all crowding the sky like anything, just to witness the Lord. Mm. The demigods began beating drums and kettle drums and upon hearing them, the angelic women began to dance while the chiefs of the Gandharvas sang sweetly. So, Apsaras, they were dancing, everybody was singing. It was a festival. <coughs> My dear King Yudhishthira, the demigods then appeared. <coughs> Can you excuse me? Hmm. The demigods then appeared, then approached the Lord. They were headed by Lord Brahma, <coughs> King Indra <coughs> and Lord Shiva and included great saintly persons and the residents of Pitraloka, Siddhaloka, Vidyadharaloka and the planet of the snakes. There is a planet of the snakes, like you know there is a movie planet of the apes. Actually there is also a planet of the apes. It is called the Kimpurushaloka, where, where um, the Vanaras came from in the... In the Pastimes of Ramayana. They actually belong to the Kimpurish Loka, and there the, the apes are so powerful. They are far more powerful than ordinary humans. <clears throat> so, similarly, there is a planet of the snakes. In fact, in the Rasatala planetary system, there is a planet that is inhabited. The chief inhabitants of that planet are snakes. Huge, powerful, poisonous, you know, snakes. The, in fact, the whole planet. That planet, there is, it's fully dark, fully dark, never, there is no light at all. But, it is illuminated by the, the jewels on the head, heads of the snakes. The snakes, when the poison, you know, when they keep the poison and they don't release it for a long time, then it becomes a jewel in the head. And sometimes it is also said when, certain, at certain astrological occurrences, when the rain falls on the hood of a snake, it becomes a jewel. And... In certain constellations, when the water, I mean, the rain falls on the ocean, they will become pearls. So, in this way, there is um, descriptions. So, this, the planet of the snakes is also there. So, the representatives, representatives of all these planets came to uh, see the Lord. The Manus approached and so did the chiefs of other various other planets. The angelic dancers approached, as did the Gandharvas, the Charanas, the Yakshas, the inhabitants of Kinnaraloka, the... Vetalas, the inhabitants of Kimpurushaloka and the personal servants of Vishnu like Sunanda and Kumuda, all of them came near the Lord who glowed with intense light. They individually offered their obeisances and prayers, their ha- hands um, folded at their heads like this. You know, They were folding their hands at their heads and offering prayers, so many nice prayers they were offering. Lord Brahma prayed. So first was Lord Brahma. Now in sequence, all the great great demigods will pray. Each verse is the prayers of each of those demigods. So Lord Brahma prayed, My Lord, you are unlimited. You possess unending potencies. No one can estimate or calculate your prowess and wonderful influence, for your actions are never polluted by the material energy. Through the material qualities, you very easily create the universe, maintain it and again annihilate it, yet you remain the same without deterioration. I therefore offer my respectful obeisances unto you. Then Lord Shiva said, The end of the millennium is the time of your anger. Time for your anger. 
Now that this insignificant demon Hiranyakashipu has been killed, O oh my Lord, who are naturally affectionate to your devotee, kindly protect his son Prahlad Maharaj, who is standing nearby as your fully surrendered devotee. Mind you, these prayers are offering from a distance. They have not approached the Lord. Mm, they have not approached the Lord yet. You will see that in the next chapter. After all these prayers, then they will try to push Prahlad. Uh, so actually they are offering these prayers from a distance. King Indra said, O Supreme Lord, you are our deliverer and protector. Our shares of sacrifices which are actually yours have been recovered from the demon by you. Because the demoniac king Hiranyakashipu was most fearsome, our hearts which are your permanent abode were all overtaken by him. Now by your presence, the gloom and darkness in our hearts have been dissipated. O Lord, for those who always engage in your service, which is more exalted than liberation, all material opulence is insignificant. They do not even care for liberation, not to speak of the benefits of karma, artha and dharma. It's a nice prayer by Indra. Let's see what is there. Daitya krantam hridaya kamalam tadgraham pratyabodhi. Very nicely. Hmm? Kalagrastam kiyadidamaho natha sushrushatamte muktistesham nahibahuta narasimhaparaikim pratyanita paramabhavata trayatana svabhaga. Very beautiful verses. Muktistesham nahibahumata. You see, Kalagrastam kiyadidamaho natha sushrushatamte. Muktistesham nahi bahumata narasimhaparaihikim. Very nicely, you know. There is Kalagrastam, devoured by time. Kiyat, insignificant idam, this world. Aho, alas, natha, oh Lord, shushrushatam, for those who are always engaged in the service. That means who are engaged in devotional service. Te, of you. Muktihi, liberation from material bondage. Tesham, of them, the pure devotees. Nahi bahumata, not very important for them. Mukti is not very important for them. Narasimha, Aparaihikim, then what is the use of other possessions like Dharma, Artha, Kama? If Moksha itself is insignificant, what to speak of Dharma, Artha and Kama? So that is the supreme position of devotional service. Indra is nicely praying there. Then all the saintly persons present offered their prayers in this way. O Lord, O supreme maintainer of those sheltered at your lotus feet, O original personality of Godhead, the process of austerity and penance in which you instructed us before is the spiritual power of your very self. It is by austerity that you create the material world which lies dormant within you. You know, this is important. How it is so? How is it that by austerity he created the material world? The Lord does not need any austerity. You know, sa aikshata, sa asrijata. It is said in the Vedas that Sa Aikshata, he saw and he created by his glance alone. No austerity involved. But what is his austerity then? Lord Brahma, actually he, the Lord can create, maintain and annihilate all by himself. He doesn't need anyone. But then why there is Brahma, Vishnu and then there is Shiva and all different demigods to maintain the universe? He is giving them a chance to serve him. Just like here the deity is there. So, the deity, he stands as if, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I cannot dress myself. You please dress me. 
So that is his mercy that he is allowing us to dress him. He can he is providing the cloth to dress for us to dress ourselves. Do you think he need us to dress him? What is this? No, but he is standing as if he is incapable and he is allowing us to serve him. That is uh, Murti Seva. That is the Archa Vigraha Seva. The Archa Vigraha is the mercy form of the Lord. Uh, he is he cannot be served otherwise. Uh, materially inhibited uh, conditioned souls, we can't serve him. But even to allow us to serve him, even though we are fallen, he appears in the form of the deity and allows us to serve him. That is his supreme mercy. Because we can only see stone. Okay, you can only see stone. Alright, I will become a form made of stone so that you can see me. Although you can otherwise don't. We can't even see the soul, right? When somebody dies, we know the person is no more there. But we do not know. We have not seen the soul actually going from the body. We do not see. So, we can't even see the soul. What to speak of the supreme soul? Hmm. So, we can't, we can't see spirit. Our minds and hearts are so dull. Our senses are so dull. Atta Sri Krishna Namadi. Nabhavet Grahyam Indriyai. We can't see the Lord, perceive the Lord with our material senses. But the Lord is so kind that even though we can't see, even though we can't perceive, He comes in a way which we can see. He comes in the form of sound so that we can chant. He comes in the form of you know, painting so that we can see. So, Prabhupada said these paintings of Krishna that, you know, so many paintings our devotees have painted, they are all windows to the spiritual world. They are not just paintings, they are windows to the spiritual world. So, when you see Krishna, when you see Radha Krishna, you know, the gopis and Narsimhadev, all these are windows to the spiritual world, windows to the eternal leelas of the Lord. So, and also the descriptions of the great Acharyas, like, you know, just now we have read some slokas, we have chanted some slokas on the fearful form of the Lord Narsimhadev. So, when you hear the sound of those slokas, you can imagine the, the fearsome form of the Lord and how he is, you know, killing all the demons and Hiranyakashipu, how he tore him apart. Uh, all this we can, you know, we can picturize. The, the, we can create a mental picture in our brain, like a movie inside our mind, just by chanting those slokas. So, all these are the Lord's mercy. Mm, that he is allowing us to get some idea of him. He personally spoke the Bhagavad Gita. That also is to his mercy. He doesn't have to speak to us. We have decided, decided not to speak to him and come, have, we have come into this material world trying to enjoy on our own. But even that we cannot do. We have no control of our own body. We did not decide how we were going to be born. What features do we, are we going to have? What race? What species? We don't know anything. We just... We just helplessly were lying in the womb of the mother and the mother was helplessly just bearing the pain. Who was doing all the job inside then? That's the Lord. So, even to enjoy our own senses separately from the Lord, being atheistic, we need His power so that we can have the body to um, fulfill our desires. So, at any point of time, we are never independent of the Lord, but out of foolishness, we think we are. So, to save us from that nonsense madness, the Lord comes he gives his instructions, he sends his devotees, he performs his leelas, his pastimes. He gives confidence to his devotees, like now in this in this leela. He is killing the Hiranyakashipu and saving Prahlad and giving confidence to other devotees. Yes, the Lord is there to save me in times of danger. And the Lord is there to save me and take me back home, back to Godhead. Uh, provided I become a devotee, of course. It's not that I do anything, any nonsense I like and the Lord will save me. No. We have to become just like Prahlad. We have to become submissive to the will of the Lord and execute what He asked us to do. 
and how we know what he asks us to do he tells it through his pure devotee hmm. when the acharya when Srila Prabhupada says do this that means Krishna has asked us to do that we have to just do it so then that's where it all starts obedience to the spiritual master and everything all starts from there so this tapa the Lord himself instructed the Lord Brahma the first ever words that Brahma heard were the words ta pa the letters ta and pa so put together it becomes tapa so that was the first word he heard from the Lord and then when he, because he was actually searching where, is, where did he come from what is this lotus that I am born on and where is this lotus coming from he, he could see nothing complete darkness it was so fearful when you look at something which is so you are so high up you know and then you look at you know like a, from a cliff for example you look down it's so fearful at least you can see something right he could see nothing that the lotus was going into nothingness and millions and millions of miles and it was going into nothingness dark and so he was completely bewildered what is going on then he went down the uh, lotus stem this is all explained in the Bhagavatam he went down the lotus stem to look where this lotus is coming from then he could not find for 100 years he went down he could not find then 100 years he came up then he was just bewildered he don't know what to do and then he heard the words tapa then for 100 years he executed in executed tapasya even if you hear the word tapa how would you understand what it would mean because there was nobody who taught him in school what what these alphabets are and what is the meaning of the words and all things nothing there was no grammar there was no teacher he was just alone in the entire universe Lord Brahma so when he heard the words tapa how did he understand that that means austerity and you know all these things how did he understand that intelligence was given Sarvascaham Hridisannivishto Mattah Smritir Jnanam Apohanam Cha he said the Lord says I am seated in the heart and he can make him realize what the meaning is so then in that way he executed austerity he did tapasya for 100 years even he heard the word tapa how does he know that it means tapa and how does he know how to execute tapa what tapasya to execute and what to meditate on he does not know anything he does not see anything he does not know the form of the Lord also but anyway he meditated how he meditated the Lord knows he knows (laughs) so after that meditation then 100 years later this is all in the celestial calculations not our earthly calculations then he saw the source of the lotus when he looked down then he could see the gigantic form of the lord garbodhakashai vishnu until then why he could not see why why it was dark because unless there is some tapasya tapodivyam putrakayana sattvam shuddhiyat until he becomes shuddhiyat or purified we can't see the lord even though the lord is right in front of him he could not see it was all dark but when the, he, he opened his eyes after tapasya oh the lord was so bright and then the lord actually uh, instructed him how to create so that's why it is said is it is by austerity that you create the material world which lies dormant within you it was the austerity of lord brahma and the lord inspired him to do the austerity this austerity was almost stopped by the activities of this demon but now you yourself appearing in the form of narsimhadev which is meant just to give us protection and by killing this demon you have again approved the process of austerity so the lord has this is called dharma samsthapanarthaya sambhavami yuge yuge the lord said in the fourth chapter of bhagavad gita uh, what comes into this world the two verses very famous verses many people i think many devotees know this yada yada hi dharma so this is chapter 4 text 7 
and also text 8 next verse is text 8 both these yada yada hi dharmasya glanir bhavati bharata abhyutthanam adharmasya tadatmanam srijamyaham whenever and wherever there is a decline in religious practice or descendant of bharata and a predominant rise of irreligion at that time i descend myself paritranaay sadhunam vinashaay ch duskritam dharma samsthapanarthaay sambhavami yuge yuge to deliver the pie and to annihilate the miscreants as well as to reestablish the principles of religion i myself appear <coughs> millennium after millennium <coughs> yuge yuge <coughs> you may say now that the religious practice is on the decline in kaliyuga where is the lord now religious systems religious life is on the is the most declined at the present moment but where is the lord so the lord in the kaliyuga it is said kalikale namarupe krishna avatar um, in the kaliyuga the namarupa krishna avatar krishna is incarnated and in, in the form of his holy name just by chanting the holy name one can rid, rid himself completely of the contamination of the age of kali iti shodashakam namnam kalikalmashan nashanam Uh, the entire polluted atmosphere of kaliyuga will be nullified just by this chanting of hari krishna <clears throat> the inhabitants of pitraloka prayed let us offer our respectful obeisances unto lord narsimhadev the maintainer of the religious principles of the universe he has killed hiranyakashipu the demon who by force enjoyed all the offerings of the shraddha ceremonies performed by our sons and grandsons on the anniversaries of our death and who drank the water with sesame seeds offered in holy places of pilgrimage by killing this demon o lord you have taken back all the stolen property from his abdomen by piercing it with your nails we therefore wish to offer our respectful obeisances unto you see how many different understandings of the killing of hiranyakashipu are being expressed by the different inhabitants of various planets you see the prithiloka planets they are saying he has taken all the sacrificial shares and he has eaten all the offerings of shraddha ceremony everything that all the things that are offered to the lord and the demigods everything and the pitras everything he took uh, so that he has digested in his stomach and that stomach you have now tore open and then taken back all the stolen property from his stomach mm. see how nicely they are praying you yeah? this is why we should know how to pray to the lord you know the bhagavatam these prayers authorized prayers especially of course these are still there are some you know um pitraloka of course they said you see the the sacrifice amount for us so there is some material desire involved but you see how the perspectives of the killing of uh, uh, hiranyakashipu by narsimhadev how it is how they are being described you see the inhabitants of siddhaloka <coughs> siddhaloka prayed oh lord narsimhadev because we belong to siddhaloka we automatically achieve perfection in all eight kinds of mystic power yet hiranyakashipu was so dishonest that by the strength of his power and austerity he took away all our powers he took took away our powers thus he became very proud of his mystic strength now because his this rogue has been killed by your nails we offer our respectful obeisances unto you so basically hiranyakashipu he manipulated the laws of the universe to such an extent that he completely reversed the laws of nature that powerful he was and the inhabitants of vidyadhara loka prayed 
our acquired power to appear and disappear in various ways according to varieties of meditation was banned by that foolish Hiranyakashipu because of his pride in his superior bodily strength and his ability to conquer others. Now the Supreme Personality of Godhead has killed him just as if the demon were an animal. Unto that supreme pastime form of Lord Narsimhadev, Leela Avatar, we eternally offer our respectful obeisances. The inhabitants of the Nagaloka said, The most sinful Hiranyakashipu took away all the jewels on our hoods and all our beautiful wives. Now, since the, his chest has been pierced by your nails, you are the source of all pleasure to our wives. Thus, we together offer our respectful obeisances unto you. So, see, there is some material thing involved, material desire. Oh, we want to be with our wives. But still, they are offering their respect to the Lord. You know, uh, As we, as I have already said, the snakes have these jewels in the Rasatal planet. But Hiranyakashipu stole all those jewels from snakes. <laughs> but still he was not happy. You see that verse I think we read the other day. He was not happy with all those conquests. But Prahlad on the other hand, completely happy. This is the difference between a material hero and a spiritual hero. Material hero may conquer the entire world. But he still is not happy. A spiritual hero, he actually conquers his senses and is completely happy anywhere, even in hell. And Hiranyakashipu was not happy even in heaven. He, he, uh, you know, he uh, conquered Indra's palace and he was staying in the palace, Indra's palace. But still he was not happy. Then Prahlad Maharaj was put into boiling oil and all hellish punishments. He was happy. Is the difference. All the Manus offered their prayers as follows. As your order carriers, O Lord, we the Manus are the law givers for human society. But because of the temporary supremacy of this great demon Hiranyakashipu, our laws for maintaining Varnashram Dharma were destroyed. O Lord, now that you have killed this great demon, we are in our normal condition. Kindly order us your eternal servants what to do now. See? The Prajapati is offered, you know, the Manus, Manusamhita, there is Manusmriti, which is the law book of mankind. You know that? Just like we have a constitution in our, uh, every country has a constitution, right? So actually, Previously, there was no different constitution for every country. It was all just one constitution and that was the Manusmriti, the laws of uh, Manu for mankind. So, everybody has to follow the Manusmriti, Manusamhita. So, those laws uh, were banned by Hiranyakashipu and he put his own laws. The Prajapatis offered their prayers as follows. O Supreme Lord, Lord of even Brahma and Shiva, we the Prajapatis were created by you to execute your orders, but we were forbidden by Hiranyakashipu to create any more good progeny. You see, <laughs> the Prajapatis were banned or forbidden to create any more good progeny. Now the demon is lying dead before us, his chest pierced by you. Let us therefore our, offer our respectful obeisances unto you, whose incarnation in this form of pure goodness is meant for the welfare of the entire universe. You see, this is in the form of poor, pure goodness. Usually, anger is in the mode of ignorance. Kamayesha, Krodhayesha, Rajoguna, Samudbhava, Mahasano, Mahapapma, Vidhyanameha, Vairanam. So, Rajoguna, the mode of passion will give rise to lust. And when the lust is unfulfilled, because it always will be unfulfilled, it will turn into anger. And that anger is the result of the mode of ignorance. So, usually anger is in the mode of ignorance, but here they are clarifying the point that the Lord's anger is in the mode of pure goodness above even normal goodness. So, this is the 
difference between the Lord's anger and our anger. So the, there is anger is, is not bad, but misuse of anger is bad. Anger for personal ends that is bad, but anger against those who are uh, offending the Lord or His pure devotee, uh, then anger should be used. Just like Hanuman, he used anger, and he you know killed the demons there in the Rav and the Lanka, and for that even now he is glorified for in the in the brave way in the in the powerful way in which he destroyed the demons. Uh, even now. Everybody prays to Lord Hanuman. Uh, why? Because he exhibited anger cry, rightly. Hmm. There is proper use of anger also, and proper use of uh, love also. Nowadays it is you know, you know we have to be you know uh, you know nice and kind to everybody and you know uh, don't offend anyone. That, that is said. But if we are kind to a thief, oh you have stolen, very good. <laughs> what is that? You know, if a police does not use his gun when he needs to, he is condemned. The police cannot say, oh, you are a thief, you stole, very good, you are a, you are a nice man. You know, what, what is this? The, <laughs> there the kindness is condemned. Similarly, when somebody is doing something wrong, especially offending the Lord, then we must, you know, uh, address the situation. And even while training devotees and you know uh, beginners in devotional service those who don't understand sometimes find the words of devotees harsh and um, piercing because it goes against their sense gratificatory tendencies so at that time they feel like wow what is this you know this devotees are talking like this you know but um, actually if they understand those words are not made out of anger but the person who is foolish he becomes angry uh, out of his own misfortune, but the devotees are just in the mode of pure goodness. They they are actually uh, speaking the truth from the shastra. But sometimes the non-devotees or the beginners, sometimes when they are not experienced, they will try to rebel. You know, so these things have to be understood in proper context. Therefore, everything is based on shastra. If one's behavior is according to shastra and one's words is according to shastra, then it is correct. If it is against Shastra, it is rubbish. However pleasing it may sound, it may it will it is rubbish. You know, just like, for example, um, homosexuality. Homosexuality nowadays, you know, if they say oh, all inclusive, you know, we should you know include everybody, you know, we should not discriminate against them. Of course, in our movement, uh, we don't discriminate distributing the holy name to anyone, even if he is a homosexual or not. But their initiation cannot take place. Because it is against the rule, it is illicit sex. It is illicit sex. And we will tell point blank whether they like it or not. Oh, that, that will offend them, you know, you should not tell like that. No. No, we will tell. It is the truth. So, um, it is not that, you know, kind means, you know. So, kindness misused is also bad. So, if I am kind to him and I don't enlighten him, he will go to hell. Now, I may be kind to him and, you know, smile at him. Yeah, okay, we are homosexual, okay, you get initiated. No, we can't. Can't. Because one of the rules is illicit, no illicit sex and homosexuality is illicit sex. Sex is only for progeny and that too within marriage, only for progeny. So, other than that, sex is illicit sex. So, what to speak of homosexuality? So, we will just speak the point blank truth, point blank truth, that's all. Whether they like it or not. Just like Prahlad Maharaj spoke point blank to Hiranyakashipu. You are a fool, you know. The Lord is the Supreme Lord, is Lord Vishnu. He did not, he did not fear anything. Hmm. So, anger, if misused, that is bad.
and kindness if misused that is also bad so everything has its proper use and misuse so we just have to use everything in its proper use nothing is good or bad by itself is just how it is used in the lord service and the devotee service everything becomes good if it's in the service of our own pride and our ego then it is bad all right so next the inhabitants of charana planet said oh lord because you have destroyed the demon hiranyakashipu who was always a what is that stake in the hearts of all honest men we are now relieved relieved and we eternally take shelter of your lotus feet which award the conditioned soul liberation from materialistic contamination oh we have actually not read the other one okay we will read the previous one the inhabitants of gandharvaloka prayed your lordship we ever engage in your service by dancing and singing in dramatic performances but this hiranyakashipu by the influence of his bodily strength and valor brought us under his subjugation now he has been brought to his low to this low condition by your lordship what benefit can result from the activities of such an upstart as hiranyakashipu so the gandharvas they always sing about the lord various songs and they also do dramas based on the lord's pastimes but hiranyakashipu stopped everything nonsense you talk hmm, you do my pastimes you know you 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 know you sing about me in this way he was completely you know over over i mean completely turning everything upside down but now he was killed the inhabitants of the charana planet okay we have we have already read this the inhabitants of the yakshaloka the yakshas yakshas they are above human beings they are higher than human beings on the earth and they are higher than even ghosts but they are not as high as the asuras and the devatas they are also sub sub demigods like gandharvas kinnaras charanas and uh, vidyadharas they are all sub demigods so even in fact kuvera the treasurer of the heavenly planet uh, heavenly planets he is actually yaksha yaksha so the inhabitants of yakshaloka prayed o controller of the 24 elements we are considered the best servants of your lordship because of rendering services pleasing to you yet we engaged as palanquin carriers <laughs> by the order of hiranyakashipu the son of diti <laughs> oh lord in the form of narasimhadev you know how this demon gave trouble to everyone but now you have killed him and his body is mixing with the five material elements <laughs> so the yakshas they are you know rendering one of the best services to the lord <laughs> but hiranyakashipu said nonsense stop you become my palanquin carriers you know then he were they were um, <laughs> you know carrying his palaki <laughs> in this way he he oppressed everybody the inhabitants of kimpurusha loka so kimpurusha means purusha means man so kimpurusha kim means what kimpurusha means what man not like you know nowadays say hey what man not like that <laughs> but what man means what kind of a man is this you know because uh, he has a body they have a body of human and animal so there is kim purusha and kin nara nara also means man kim means what kim plus nara becomes kin nara so and kim purusha also means what man and what man so what is this what kind of man what kind of man so one of them has i don't know which one exactly but the kim purushas um, i don't know exactly which one so one of them has the body of a man and the the i mean the head of a man and the body of an animal and others have the head of an animal and the body of a man in this way 
So just like Narasimhadev, he came with the head of a lion, but a body of a man in this way. But nobody ever saw this form before. And in that too, in that Ugra Rupa, nobody saw. The inhabitants of Kimpursha said, Kimpursha Loka said, so all of these different class of people have their own planets. So we are insignificant living entities and you are the supreme personality of Godhead, the supreme controller. Therefore, how can we offer suitable prayers unto you? When this demon was condemned by devotees because they were disgusted with him, he was then killed by you. The inhabitants of Vaitalika Loka said, I don't know who are actually Vaitalikas. Vaitalika. Hmm. Maybe somebody can enlighten me. <coughs> the inhabitants of Vaitalika Loka said, Dear Lord, because of chanting your spotless glories in great assemblies and arenas of sacrifice, we were accustomed to great respect from everyone. This demon, however, usurped that position. Now, to our great fortune, you have killed this great demon exactly as one cures a chronic disease. Also, it looks like they are... Uh, singers who sing the glories of uh, the Lord in sacrificial arenas and great assemblies, royal assemblies, they, they sing the glories of the Lord. So, they are Vaitalikas. The Kinnaras said, O Supreme Controller, we are ever existing servants of your Lordship, but instead of rendering service to you, we were engaged by this demon in his service constantly and without remuneration. This, you know, as slaves, you know, without even a salary, you know, Hiranyakashipu, Engage them in your service. This sinful man has now been killed by you. Therefore, O Lord Narsumadev, our master, we offer our respectful obeisances unto you. Please continue to be our patron. So, see, all these different classes were, you know, uh, harassed by Hiranyakashipu. But, he responded, especially when Prahlad was harassed. Because Prahlad was a pure devotee. All these classes, they are, they have their own material desires as well. Although they are great devotees as well, they are demigods. So, they have this tendency to control in the material world. So, that's why they were given that position. At the same time, serve the Lord. So, this was there. So, but pure devotee Prahalad uh, was of much more, uh, was much more dear to Lord Narasimhadev. And when he faced all the harassment, that's when um, the Lord answered by coming, you know. So, the last verse of this chapter, the associates of Lord Vishnu in Vaikuntha, this is uh, Kumuda and, uh, what is it, two names were given, Kumuda and other, so these two personalities, they were also associates of Lord Vishnu, Vishnu Dutas. So, they prayed, associates of Lord Vishnu in Vaikuntha offered this prayer, O Lord, our supreme giver of shelter, today we have seen your wonderful form as Lord Narsimhadev, meant for the good fortune of all the world. O Lord, we can understand that Hiranyakashipu was the same Jaya who engaged in your service but was cursed by Brahmanas and who thus received the body of a demon. We understand that his having now been killed is your special mercy upon him. So they saw it. They understood the real cause of his birth as Hiranyakashipu. So they understood. So they prayed in this way. So Hiranyakashipu was Jaya and Hiranyaksha was Vijaya. Alright, so we will go to the next chapter now. We have two chapters to go, 9 and 10 of 7th Canto. Alright, so basically this chapter, majority of this chapter is the prayers of Prahlad Maharaj. Very great prayers. In fact, uh, it is good to even memorize all these prayers. I think from the 12th verse all the way to 50th verse. But very, very long prayers actually, very long shlokas also. 
but we will just skim through the whole thing because we can give individual classes on each of those shlokas but we are just going through the prayers at this point. So the great saint Narad Muni continued, the demigods headed by Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva and other demigods dared not come forward before the Lord who at that time was extremely angry. See they offer all these prayers but they dared not come before in front of the Lord actually. They were hiding you know behind the pillars and then they were offering all these prayers from a distance. So what happened then? The goddess of fortune Lakshmiji was requested to go before the Lord by all the demigods present. The demigods said, Lakshmiji, you please go, you are his wife, you know, so, uh, then what happened? But even she had never seen such a wonderful and, and extraordinary form of the Lord and thus she could not approach him. Lakshmiji could not approach him. Thereafter, Lord Brahma requested Prahlad Maharaj, who was standing very near him. My dear son, Lord Narasimhadev is extremely angry at your demoniac father. Please go forward and appease the Lord. Narad Muni continued, O King, although the exalted devotee Prahlad Maharaj was only a little boy, he accepted Lord Brahma's words. He gradually proceeded toward Lord Narasimhadev and fell down to offer his respectful obeisances with folded hands. When Lord Narasimhadev saw the small boy Prahlad Maharaj prostrated at the soles of his lotus feet, he became most ecstatic in affection toward his devotee. Raising Prahlad, the Lord placed his lotus hand upon the boy's head because his hand is always ready to create fearlessness in all of his devotees. The same hand with which he opened, tore open the demon, Hiranyakashipu, the same hand he blessed Prahlad. You see? So, the same hand of the Lord acts differently according to one surrender. So, for the demon, it is death and it is the most horrible death and I mean punishment in all kinds of ways, not only death but all kinds of punishments. But for the devotee, it is the most abhayahasta, abhayahastam. So that is the most fearless, the hand that awards fearlessness. You know, that's why the Lord is like this, Perumal, especially, you know, one hand like this, one hand like this. So it's abhayahastam, this is fearlessness. He awards fearlessness. Abhayahastam and abhaya, uh, charan. Feet also are abode of fearlessness. And the whole uh, Lord is abode of fearlessness. Vaikuntha, vigata kuntha yasma aditi vaikuntha. Vaikuntha means a place where there is no misery and no anxiety at all. Hmm. So when Lord Narsimhadev, so he blessed Prahlad Maharaj by raising his hand and placing it on his head. Place his lotus hand, you know, lotus hand. It was very, in fact, in another, there is one more shloka which says, the Lord, Lord's hand, I think in the Narsimha Kavacha, there is one shloka which says, the Lord's hand, is almost, although it <coughs> tore open the stone-like demon, the Lord Narasimhadev's hand is actually very soft. <laughs> so, that is also described in the Narasimha Kavacha. His hand is very soft actually. But at the same time, he could tear open the demon. Softer than rose, harder than the thunderbolt. Vajrada pekathora, kusumada pekamala. Harder than the thunderbolt, softer than the rose. So, by the touch of Lord Narasimhadev's hand on Prahlad Maharaj's head, Prahlad was completely freed of all material contaminations and desires. Actually, he had nothing, but still, even then he was purified. As if he had been thoroughly cleansed. Therefore, he at once became transcendentally situated and all the symptoms of ecstasy became manifest in his body. His heart filled with love and his eyes with tears and thus he was able to completely capture the lotus feet of the Lord within the core of his heart. Prahlad Maharaj fixed his mind and sight upon Lord Narasimhadev with 
Narasimhadev with full attention in complete trance. He fixed his mind and sight on Narasimhadev. With a fixed mind, he began to offer prayers in love with a faltering voice. So, although he was impossible to look at otherwise, because of his terrible anger, when the Prahlad Maharaj came, the Lord was pacified. And Prahlad Maharaj, he could see, he could look at the Lord, even though the Lord was in his extraordinarily angry form. The Prahlad Maharaj could easily look at the Lord. The devotee is not afraid of this. But although the demigods were afraid at the time, <laughs> uh, but pure devotee like Prahlad, he was not even afraid of Narasimhadev. Prahlad Maharaj prayed. Actually, from here it starts. Eighth, yeah, eighth verse, not twelfth. Eighth verse all the way until to, until fiftieth verse is the prayers of Prahlad. Prahlad Maharaj prayed, How is it possible for me, who have been born in a family of Asuras, to offer suitable prayers to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Even until now, all the demigods headed by Lord Brahma and all the saintly persons could not satisfy the Lord by streams of ex- excellent words. Although such persons are very qualified, being in the mode of goodness, then what is to be said of me? I am not at all qualified. In the whole assembly, Shiva, Brahma did not, could not go in front of the Lord. They pushed Prahlad and Prahlad fearlessly went. But you see how humble he was. Only when one is humble, he can go like this, near to the Lord. Uh, so, he is so humble that he considered himself, even Brahma and all the great sages, they have been offering, and Anantasesh also has been offering streams of excellent words, you know, from their mouths for millions and millions of years. But even they cannot describe you properly on, or pray to you properly. What is the, what can I do? They are in the mode of goodness. I am from the mode of ignorance. I am from the demon family. So, I am such a fallen soul. What can, what can I pray to you? I am not at all qualified. Prahlad Maharaj continued. One may possess wealth, an aristocratic family, beauty, austerity, education, sensory expertise, luster, influence, physical strength, diligence, intelligence and mystic yogic power. But I think that even by all these qualifications, one cannot satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead. However, one can satisfy the Lord simply by devotional service. Gajendra did this. And thus the Lord was satisfied with him. So he compared himself. He is hoping that <clears throat> he would be blessed by the Lord because all the great qualities in a person does not attract the Lord really. It is the devotion that attracts the Lord. And a Gajendra, an animal, an animal, an elephant, there is another pastime of Gajendra Moksha, how Gajendra was awarded liberation by the Lord. So he is quoting that incident that Gajendra was. Uh, saved, Gajendra was uh, delivered by the Lord. So, although I am from Asura family, I am also in the mode of ignorance like an animal. Uh, if I, you know, engage in devotional service, I have some hope that the Lord will protect and um, deliver me also. If a Brahmana has all twelve of the Brahmanical qualifications, as they are stated in the book called Sanat Sujata, actually, this is a very famous verse. Hmm. This is Viprad Guna Yutada Nabha Pada Ravinda Vimukhatsa Pacham Varishtam Manyetadarpita Mano Vachanehitartha Pranam Punati Sakulam Natubhuri Manaha. If a Brahmana has all the twelve qualifications, as they are stated in the book called Sanat Sujata, 
but is not a devotee and is averse to the lotus feet of the Lord. He is certainly lower than a devotee who is a dog eater, but who has dedicated everything, his mind, words, activities, wealth and life to the Supreme Lord. Such a devotee is better than such a Brahmana because the devotee can purify his whole family, whereas so-called Brahmana in a position of false prestige cannot purify even himself. All the born Brahmins, this verse should be given to them, all the born Brahmins. So, Prahlad Maharaj is, not, is saying this is useless, even if a Brahmin, if he is completely so-called Brahmin, but then even if he is actually qualified, forget about born Brahmins, all these born Brahmins, oh by birth we are Brahmin, that is rubbish. Yeah. By, they have to have qualifications and Bhagavad Gita also enumerates the qualities that the Brahmana should have. So, even if they have the qualities, but if they are not a devotee of the Lord, it is useless. Uh, the dog eater, a devotee coming from a dog eater family is better than such a Brahmana. Supreme Lord, the, um, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is always full, fully satisfied in Himself. Therefore, when something is offered to Him, the offering by the Lord's mercy is for the benefit of the devotee. For the Lord does not need service from anyone. To give an example, if one's face is decorated, the reflection of one's face is in a mirror is also seen to be decorated. Very nice example. Very nice verse. So, when we offer something to the Lord, the Lord does not need it. But that offering by the Lord's mercy is for the devotee's benefit. It's like we offer food to the Lord or we offer money to the Lord. That is for our benefit. Not that the Lord will benefit from our money. Lakshmi Sahasra Shatasam Brahma Sevyamanam. Millions of Lakshmis are serving Him with great care. Not like us. Carelessly. With great care, Lakshmis are serving Him. What is the need of our money? But that money is for our benefit. We will be blessed when we offer to the Lord. Therefore, although I was born in a demoniac family, I may without a doubt offer prayers to the Lord with full endeavor as far as my intelligence allows. Anyone who has been forced by ignorance to enter the material world may be purified of material life if he offers prayers to the Lord and hears the Lord's glories. So, he is saying, I am not glorifying the Lord because I am such a great devotee, although he is, but I am because um, this is the only way of purification for everyone, even though one is a <clears throat> dog eater. The only way we can, he can purify himself is by glorifying the Lord. So, in that mood, I glorify. So, this is what he is saying. And same similarly, uh, Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami, who wrote the Chaitanya Charitamrita, he also said, Jani vana jani, karani apani, apani shodhan. He, he said, whether I know it or not, I am writing this Chaitanya Charitamrita, not because I am a great uh, knowledgeable person in the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu or Krishna or anything like that. I am writing this because whether I know it or not, I am only doing this for my own purification. That's all. This is the humility of a devotee. Of course, they are very much qualified. But especially for us, they are teaching us also how to pray. It's not that, oh, I am a big devotee, I must give a lecture. No. We are giving lecture to purify ourselves. Not that we are pure. But to purify ourselves. Hmm. Therefore, although I was... Okay, this is done. Oh my Lord, all the demigods headed by Lord Brahma are sincere servants of your Lordship who are situated in a transcendental position. Therefore, they are not like us, Prahlad and his father, the demon Hiranyakashipu. They are not like us demons. They are very great devote, devotees, this Brahma and all the demigods. Your appearance in this fearsome form is your pastime for your own pleasure. Such an incarnation is always meant for the protection and improvement of the universe. 
See, he is very humble. My Lord Narasimhadev, please therefore cease your anger now that my father, the great demon Hiranyakashipu, had been killed. Since even saintly persons take pleasure in the killing of a scorpion or a snake, all the worlds have achieved great satisfaction because of the death of this demon. Now they are confident of their happiness and they will always remember your auspicious incarnation in order to be free from fear. This is a very nice verse, in fact. Um, we will read the verse and then we have something to say about it. So, So, many things here actually. First thing he is saying, a saintly person is also satisfied by the killing of a scorpion and a snake. Usually saintly persons are equal to everybody and they don't want to harm anyone. But even if a a saintly person is satisfied if a scorpion or a snake is killed, because they are envious, unnecessarily envious species of life and they will bother. So when the scorpion is killed, oh, a saintly person is satisfied. In fact, once, Prahlad, uh, sorry, Srila Prabhupada mentioned a story where um, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur was informed by one of his disciples in, in presence of Prabhupada that um, there was a scorpion there. Then Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, kill, kill the scorpion. And Prabhupada was thinking, how, how come he asked him to kill, kill the scorpion instead of throwing it out somewhere or something. Then when he actually read this verse, then Prabhupada said, uh, this is very much in line with the Shastra. So, <clears throat> so that is the story there. And uh, he is also here now saying, Prahlad Maharaj, that all the worlds have achieved great satisfaction because of the death of this demon. Now they are confident of their happiness and they will always remember your auspicious incarnation in order to be free from fear. So here, Prahlad Maharaj is saying, in the future, everyone will remember your incarnation in order to be free from fear and because of this blessing today also we pray to lord narsimhadev um, and to be in order to be free from fear my lord who are never conquered by anyone i am certainly not afraid of this <laughs> you see how he's praying my lord who are never conquered by anyone i am certainly not afraid of your ferocious mouth and tongue your eyes bright like the sun or your frowning eyebrows I do not fear your sharp, pinching teeth, your garland of intestines, intestines, your mane soaked with blood or your high wedge-like ears. Nor do I fear your tumultuous roaring which makes elephants flee to distant places or your nails which are meant to kill your enemies. He said, I am not afraid of all these features of your form. O most powerful, insurmountable Lord who are kind to the fallen souls, I have been put into the association of demons as a result of my activities and therefore, I am very much afraid of my condition of life within this material world. I am not afraid of all your all your fearful, fearsome features. I am afraid of this material world. That I am afraid of. Hmm. Because, because of the Maya, I have taken my birth in the Asura family, demon family. So, I am very much afraid of my condition of life in this material world. When will that moment come when you will call me to the shelter of your lotus feet, which are the ultimate goal goal for liberation from conditional life? So, he is asking, when will you call me to the shelter of your lotus feet? (laughs) By his call, the Lord came. Because Prahlad said, yes, he is in that pillar. The Lord came answering Prahlad Maharaja's call. 
Here he is humbly praying that when will you call me? <laughs> this is the beauty between the Lord and devotees. A very intimate, very sweet relationship between the Lord and his devotees. O Great One, O Supreme Lord, because of combination with pleasing and displeasing circumstances and because of separation from them, one is placed in a most regrettable position within heavenly or hellish planets, as if burning in a fire of lamentation. Everybody is put into pleasing and displeasing circumstances, but in all cases, one is in a most regrettable position within heavenly or hellish planets, as if burning in a fire of lamentation. Although there are many remedies by which to get out of miserable life, any such remedies in the material world are more miserable than the miseries themselves. Therefore, I think that the only remedy is to engage in your service. Kindly instruct me in such service. So, in this material world, we have we try to solve a problem by inventing a solution. But, actually that is not the solution. In fact, that Solution will be even more problematic than the problem itself. Hmm. <clears throat> like for example, now the coronavirus situation. People are dying. Okay, some people are dying. Now, the remedy for that? Social distancing. The whole world is put into quarantine. Few people are dying. Fine. Now, the whole world is put into quarantine. That's the you know, remedy. So, the remedy is more painful than the miseries themselves. So, I mean, this is one crude example. There are many, many. Like, for example, you know, um, there was no roads. There were no roads and horse carriages, you know, that, that's how people used to travel on horses, on horse carts, like that, chariots. So, they wanted to create cars which, can, which don't need horses. So, that is like a solution. But it is even more miserable because now you have roads, you have to build roads, which takes millions and billions and billions of dollars, sometimes tunnels, sometimes underwater tunnels, sometimes bridges, flyovers, this, that, so much, and pollution, and accidents, there was no accident in the horse cart, because even if you, you slept, the horse did not sleep, so the horse would stop if there is any danger, <laughs> but here, if you sleep, finish, gone, so, of course, they are now trying self-driving cars, but even self-driving cars, they have been accidents. So, so it is not. And if, if anything happens and the system just jams and there's no connection suddenly, everything is gone. If the satellite connection is gone, if the internet. See, the thing is, we are thinking we are advancing. Oh, we have self-driving cars, better than horse carriages. You have to feed the horse. You have to, now you just, you know, plug in electricity and then just go. So, it looks like a solution, right? But what happens? We are becoming increasingly dependent on this technology and everything. And if at one point the plug is pulled, depending on electricity now, for example, <coughs> if the plug is pulled, we don't know how to live. In fact, there have been situations where people used to live in skyscrapers. Everybody glorified, oh, we have skyscrapers, we have skyscrapers. So when the current, when the electric current goes, blackout, the person on the 100th floor, what is going to do? How is he going to come down? If he comes down, if he manages to come down, how is he going to go up? He's imprisoned there, neither on land, nor in the air, nor in water, like Hiranyakashipu. <laughs> so, this is how we are becoming more and more entangled in her complexities. We are thinking we are becoming independent, but actually we are becoming more and more dependent on her. 
so that a point comes where if that is taken away and that's it our entire civilization is meaningless and we can't do anything we're paralyzed completely so so therefore he's saying i think that the only remedy is to engage in your service kindly instruct me in such service there is a nice beautiful verse i hope i can remember the number of it i think it's 112721 if i'm not wrong hmm no 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 not this uh 1129 is it let me just see huh yes 112921 yo yo mai pare dharma kalpyate nishphalaya chet tadayaso nirarthasyat ಭಯಾದೇವಸತ್ತಮೇಟೆಸ್ಟ್ you know this is a dangerous situation you know what is the point you know what is the, now we have to you know do something to save ourselves or you know we have to self defense or something you know what is the use you know chanting name and that is something else you know how can it save we may think like this so we may not have faith in the whole process so that's why it may look externally useless you see this a person becomes fearful laments cries but that useless emotions do not change the situation just because he cried just because he lamented just because he 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 became fearful the situation is going to change no uh, but activities offered to me without personal motivation if they are external even if they are externally useless amount to the actual process of religion or even if the danger comes in and even if one is killed if one remembers the lord at the time of death perfection right so whatever the lord wants lord wants to do let him do but let me just remember him in fear or in happiness amount to the actual process of religion because dharmo vittam nirnam pratya the religion is the wealth of the one passing away from this world that is explained here 112633 shrimad bhagavatam ಸಂತೋರ್ವಾಗಿಭ್ಯತೋರಣಂಟ್ರೋಟೀಸ್ಟ್ರೀಜ್ಲಿ Oh Lord Nar- oh my lord narsimhadev by engaging in your transcendental loving service in the association of devotees who are liberated souls hamsas i shall become completely uncontaminated by the association of the three modes of material nature and be able to chant the glories of your lordship who are so dear to me i shall chant your glories following exactly in the footsteps of lord brahma and his disciplic succession in this way i shall undoubtedly be able to cross the ocean of nations so that means if we follow the parampara system strictly we will cross the ocean of material existence my dear lord narsimhadev o supreme <clears throat> because of a, this is another famous verse 
बालस्यनेहशरणं पितरौ नरसिंह नार्तस्य चागद मुदन मन्ति मज्जतो नोः तप्तस्य तत्प्रतिविधिर्य इहांजशेष्टस तावद्विभोतनुभृतां त्वदुपेक्षितानां माय लॉर्ड नरसिंहदेव ओ सुप्रीम बिकॉज ऑफ अ बॉडीली कंसेप्शन ऑफ लाइफ एम्बॉडीड सोल्स नेग्लेक्टेड एंड नॉट केयर्ड फॉर बाय यू कैन नॉट डू एनीथिंग फॉर देयर बेटरमेंट व्हाटएवर रेमेडीज दे एक्सेप्ट ऑल्दो परहैप्स टेंपरेरीली बेनिफिशियल आर सर्टेनली इंपर्मनेंट For example, <clears throat> a father and mother cannot protect their child, a physician and medicine cannot relieve a suffering patient, and a boat on the ocean cannot pro- protect a drowning man. So now, for example, take the situation of the virus, COVID-19 virus. Now we have a system in place of social distancing and all these things, and there is medical s- s- care going on for the for the diseased um, and for the for the afflicted. So all these things are going on. These are perhaps temporarily beneficial, maybe. we will come out of this situation after some time but because people are not engaging in devotional service to the lord and because people are still engaged in the same sinful activities they will ultimately prove fruitless because just like this another calamity will come it will come because that's what we are sowing the seeds for we are sowing the seeds just for another calamity by eating meat by having illicit sex by intoxication by gambling these are the things that are going to again come up my dear lord everyone in this material world is under the modes of material nature being influenced by goodness passion and ignorance everyone from the greatest personality lord brahma down to the small ant works under the influence of these modes therefore everyone in this material world is influenced by your energy the cause for which they work the place where they work the time when they work the matter due to which they work the goal of life they have considered final and the process for obtaining this goal all are nothing but manifestations of your energy indeed since the energy and energetic are identical all of them are but manifestations of you that that does not mean however that oh whatever we do everything is the lord oh okay just do anything and then we will get in the favor of the lord no then why there is hell why there is suffering why there is enjoyment why there is difference then why Hmm. Although it is all the manifestation of the Lord, Vasudeva Sarvamiti, still hmm. one's desire. Just like everything is the government's place, right? The jail is also government's place. The open society is also government's place. The the university is also government's place. Whereas in the university there is education, the jail there is suffering, there is punishment. You may say, oh, everything is the government. So therefore, everywhere everywhere equal. All whatever, whether I serve in the school or whether I serve in the prison, it's the same. No, it is not the same. Um. so this way we would understand not become fooled you know o lord o supreme eternal <clears throat> by expanding your planetary portion you have created the subtle bodies of living entities through the agency of your external energy which is agitated by time thus the mind entraps the living entity in unlimited varieties of desires to be fulfilled by the vedic directions of karmakanda fruitive activity and the 16 elements who can get free from this entanglement unless he takes shelter at your lotus feet so basically he is speaking about <coughs> um our life in this material world how it was created it was created by his plenary portion mahavishnu when he glanced over durga then she was impregnated by the lord just by his sight and that sight manifested as shambhu the principle of lord shiva so in this way it is explained in the in the brahma samhita also very in a detailed manner and also in the shrimad bhagavatam but in that way when all the souls come into this world they are engaged in karma karmic activities how can they escape 
you know, who can get free from this entanglement unless he takes shelter at your lotus feet. So, all the souls that are put into this material world in that way, they cannot get relief until, unless they take shelter at your lotus feet. So, what are all the 16 elements and all this is called Sankhya Yoga. That's another whole subject, but briefly we just can understand that it is the material world that is talking about. <coughs> so, my dear Lord, O Supreme Great, you have created this material world of 16 constituents, but you are transcendental to these their material qualities. In other words, these material qualities un, are under your full control and you are never conquered by them. So, the 16 are the 5 uh, knowledge acquiring senses, 5 working senses, 5 sense objects and the mind. Of course, there are others also numbering all the way to 24 and sometimes even 25 and 26 including the soul and the super soul. So, this is all the, I mean the 3 modes, the 8 elements, everything is included. So, in that way, we get to a number of 24, 26 even, including the Paramatma. So this is uh, Sankhya Yoga as, as uh, explained by Kapila, Kapila Dev in the Bhagavatam. So now, um, my dear Lord, O Supreme Great, you have created this material world of 16 constituents, but you are transcendental to their material qualities. In other words, these material qualities are, are under your full control. Maya Dhyakshena Prakriti Suyate Sacharacharam. Everything is under the complete control of the Lord. And you are never conquered by them. Therefore, the time element is your representation. Kalosme, Lokakshaya Krit Pravridho, Samahartum, Iha Pravritta. That is explained in the 11th chapter, 32nd verse of Bhagavad Gita. So, the time is your representation. My Lord, O Supreme, no one can conquer you. As for me, however, I am being crushed under the wheel of time and therefore I surrender fully unto you. Now, kindly take me under the protection of your lotus feet. That wheel of time is crushing everyone. It will crush everyone because we have to die. So, the wheel of time, actually Kala Chakra, the wheel is the perfect explanation, uh, comparison of time because the time wheel, it moves in a circular way and also moves laterally, I mean in, the, in, a, in a straight way. So, the wheel moves like this. So, it moves forward and it moves in cycles at the same time. So, it doesn't have only one motion, it has two motions combined. So, time always moves forwards, forward, but it also moves in cycles. Like we have the year, for example, January all the way to December, again January. So, it's like a cycle. And we have <coughs> summer, winter, rainy, autumn, whatever, and again summer. You see, in this way, there's a cycle in seasons, cycle in the years, cycle in the months, even day. There is sunrise, noon, sunset, night and again sunrise. So, it cycles. So, there are different, different cycles. Small cycles, bigger cycles, bigger cycles. And then there are the whole um, Satya, Treta, Dwapara, Kali and again Satya. There is another cycle. And then 1000 such cycles is one day of Brahma. And 1000 such cycles is one night of Brahma. So, after that there is another cycle, another day of Brahma. There is another cycle. And this way, Brahma dies after 100 years. So, in, the, in this way, the, the Kala Chakra is moving in cycles and moving forward relentlessly, ruthlessly. Without, nobody can stop it. Nobody can stop it. Hmm. Such force of time and it crushes everybody in its, in its wake. Because nobody can stand the test of time. Nobody, nobody has been immortal in this world. Everybody is immortal. So, the time has crushed everyone and it will crush everyone without exception. 
although sometimes the scientists may talk some nonsense saying that oh we have we are discovering a medicine which can cause immortality stem cells this and that you know rejuvenation of youth they may talk whatever they want just like hiranyakashipu i mean these are these stem cells and all this research is nothing compared to what hiranyakashipu did that's 100 celestial years of penance and the, the strength and the the invincibility that he has achieved with those powers unmatched all these stem cells are useless experiments compared to what hiranyakashipu achieved so what what is the result hmm he was also killed in within a second so <clears throat> we will continue so therefore the time element is a representation i am being crushed by the wheel of time and therefore i surrender fully unto you we, we should think like this oh i am being crushed by the wheel of time as well so i have to surrender unto the lotus feet of the lord i cannot oh let me do some other time let me do i don't know when i will be crushed also it's gradually already crushing me and i don't know when is going to be the last point and when i'll quit this body the danger is we may not get a human body again and then everything is spoiled so now we have it already we have it so therefore we should not lose this opportunity so my dear lord people in general want to be elevated to the higher planetary systems for a long duration of life opulence and enjoyment but i have seen all of these through the activities of my father many people want to go swargaloka swarga prapti this that i have already seen everything hmm. i have seen what my father achieved which nobody could ever achieve uh, i have seen all of these through the activities of my father when my father was angry and he laughed sarcastically at the demigods they were immediately vanquished simply by seeing the movements of his eyebrows yet my father who was so powerful has now been vanquished by you within a moment my dear lord now i have complete experience concerning the worldly opulence he said i don't need to be convinced about how good is this in this is this world and how good and how opulent and nobody can convince me to enjoy this material world anymore because i have seen the limits of it i have seen the absolute limits of enjoyment in the activities of my father but i had the happiness which he never could access you know he was never satisfied and he was always angry and now all that achievement has been finished within a moment so he says now i have complete experience concerning the worldly opulence mystic power longevity and other material pleasures enjoyed by all living entities from lord brahma down to the ant as powerful time you destroy them all therefore because of my experience i do not wish to possess them my dear lord i request you to place me in touch with your pure devotee and let me serve him as a sincere servant this is what we need to do in this material world every living entity desires some future happiness which is exactly like a mirage in the desert where is where is water in the desert or in other words where is happiness in this material world as for this body what is its value it is merely a source of various diseases the so called philosophers scientists and politicians know this very well but nonetheless they aspire for temporary happiness happiness is very difficult to obtain but because they are unable to control their senses they run after the so called happiness of the material world and never come to the right conclusion oh my lord o supreme because i was born in a family full of hellish material qualities of passion and ignorance what is my position and what is to be said of your causeless mercy which was never offered even to lord brahma lord shiva or the goddess of fortune lakshmi you never put your lotus hand upon their heads but you have put it upon mine who i am you know i am the demon i am the worst soul i am born in a demoniac family 
completely covered in the modes of passion and ignorance but you have favored me you have not even favored lakshmi and lord brahma by putting your hand on their head but you have put your hand on mine how merciful you are he, he did not think see lord put his hand on my head uh, what is lord brahma and all this lord four heads you have what is the, what is the point no <laughs> he was not an idiot like uh, hiranyakashipu was so he he was you see how humbly he took it uh, even lord brahma uh, you have not put but you have put it on mine this is your this is how merciful you are Mm. just because i try to chant your name um. <clears throat> unlike an ordinary living entity my lord you do not discriminate between friends and enemies the favorable and unfavorable because for you there is no conception of higher and lower nonetheless you offer your benedictions according to the level of one's service exactly as a desire tree delivers fruits according to one's desires and makes no distinction between the lower and the higher my dear lord or supreme personality of godhead because of my association with material desires you see how again humbly he is praying because of my association with material desires one after another i was gradually falling into a blind well full of snakes following the general populace but your servant narad muni kindly accepted me as his disciple and instructed me how to achieve this transcendental position therefore my first duty is to serve him how can i leave his service janme janme prabhu se chakshu dan dilo jay janme janme prabhushe so whoever has opened my eyes there is a guru he is my lord birth after birth how can i give up his he has already achieved the lord he is already at the lotus feet of the lord offering prayers directly to the lord lord himself came for his purpose still prahlad maharaj is saying how can i leave the service of narad muni hmm. this is how much we have to be grateful for the spiritual master my lord O oh, unlimited reservoir of transcendental qualities you have killed my father hiranyakashipu and saved me from his sword he had said very angrily if there is any supreme controller other than me let him save you i shall now sever your head from your body therefore i think that both in saving me and in killing him you have acted just to prove true the words of your devotee there is no other cause and in the purport very nicely मत्णरक्षणम मत्णरक्षणमनपितुर्वध्च मे स्वृत्यशिवाक्यमृतम विधा खड्गम प्रगृह्य यदवोचदसदिस्वामीश्वरो मदपरो वतुक हरा You see, when Hiranyakashipu challenged Prahlad, then I will. He said, "I will kill you." Then the Lord appeared. So Prahlad Maharaj is saying, to prove, you have acted just to prove true the words of your devotee. There is no other cause. What is this? The the words that are being proved true. So the killing of Hiranyakashipu and saving of Prahlad Maharaj also strictly followed this law of the supreme controller as activities. That what is the law? The lower and higher positions. of different living entities are due to their desires for the lord being equal to all fulfills everyone's desires the killing of hiranyakashipu and saving of prahlad also strictly follow this law of the supreme controller's activities when prahlad's mother this law of the supreme controller's sorry what is that when prahlad's mother hiranyakashipu wife hiranyakashipu's wife kayad who was under the protection of narada she prayed for the protection of her son from the enemy <laughs> because at that time her enemy was the demigods because the demigods tried to kill you know the baby so he she 
pray to Naradmani that please um, save my uh, son from the enemy. And Naradmani gave assurance that Prahlad Maharaj would always be saved from the enemy's hands. <laughs> and the enemy happened to be his own father. So the Lord saved him from the father's hands. <laughs> Thus, when Hiranyakashipu was going to kill Prahlad Maharaj, the Lord saved Prahlad to fulfill his promise in Bhagavad Gita, Kaunte Pratijane Hiname Bhakta Pranishatri. And to prove through the words of Narada, the Lord can fulfill many purposes through one action. Thus, the killing of Hiranyakashipu and the saving of Prahlad were enacted simultaneously to prove the truthfulness of the Lord's devotee and the fidelity of the Lord himself to his own purpose. In fact, there was one lecture on this verse by Prabhupada, 7.9.29. And in that verse, Prabhupada says a very important point. He says, even if the devotee says something by mistake, the Supreme Lord will make that mistake as true. There is a lecture like this. I think we have included that quote in the Initiations After 77, that book, Initiations After 1977, IA 77. We have included this quote also because some, sometimes they say, oh, you know, Ritvik system is never in Shastra, so, you know, it is, it, it is wrong that uh, we should, you know, Prabhupada, uh, you know, how could he make a mistake, you know. So, even say, okay, he did not ever make a mistake, but even if you think he did make a mistake, the Lord will make that mistake into truth. So, this is the Lord. Now, whatever a devotee says, pure devotee, he will make it a fact. My dear Lord, you alone manifest yourself as the entire cosmic manifestation for you existed before the creation. You exist after the annihilation and you are the maintainer between the beginning and the end. And this is done, all this is done by your external energy through actions and reactions of the three modes of material nature. Therefore, whatever exists externally and internally is you alone. This is the vision of a Sarvabhuteshu Yahapashed Bhagavad Bhavamatmanaha. Bhuteshu Bhagavat Yatmani Esha Bhagavat Uttama. The pure devotees view, view how he sees the Lord everywhere. And it's not just he sees out of his own hallucination. No, it is a fact. The Lord is always like that, but that fact is visible to the pure devotee. Whereas a non-devotee cannot see. It is not that Pure devotee is seeing some hallucinations of the Lord. No, it is not an hallucination. We are in hallucination. That's why we cannot see the Lord. Otherwise, He is actually visible everywhere. Andantarastha Paramanucha Yantarastham. He is in every atom. So, the Lord is everywhere. But out of our hallucination, we are unable to see the Lord now. Just like a drunken man sometimes does not see when the police are there. He is just drunk and is in his own world. Just like Nalakovara and Manigriva. When Naradmuni was passing by, did not see him. You know, they were in their own... You know, they did not bother, they did not show respect to Naradmani and they were cursed to become trees. So, in their own hallucination and intoxication, they could not see. But similarly, we are in our own intoxication, we cannot see the Lord. But actually, the Lord is always everywhere. Alright, so, it is already now 9.30, but you know, we will proceed on and we will finish this chapter all the way. So, this today will be a little longer, so kindly bear with me. Because tomorrow we have to start the shloka learning course. <clears throat> My dear Lord, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, the entire cosmic creation is caused by you and the cosmic manifestation is an effect of your energy. Although the entire cosmos is but you alone, you keep yourself aloof from it. Now the conception of mine and yours is certainly a type of illusion, maya, because everything is an emanation from you and is therefore not different from you. Indeed, the cosmic manifestation is non-different from you and the annihilation is also caused by you. The relationship between 
your lordship and the cosmos is illustrated in the example of the seed and the tree or the subtle cause uh, subtle cause and the gross manifestation just like the seed is the cause of manifestation of a great tree similarly the lord bijaham sarvabhutanam that i am the seed of all existences in the bhagavad gita he said that so oh my lord oh supreme personality of godhead um after the annihilation of the creative energy is kept in you sorry after the annihilation the creative energy is kept in you who appear to sleep with half closed eyes actually however you do not sleep like an ordinary human being for you are always in a transcendental stage beyond the creation of the material world and you always feel transcendental bliss as karana karana karanodaka shai vishnu you thus remain in your transcendental status not touching material objects although you appear to sleep this sleeping is distinct from sleeping in ignorance the lord's sleep you know is yoga nidra is not uh, our snoring nidra the lord's nidra sleep is yoga nidra in our sleep we are in the completely in the mode of ignorance we we are ignorant of even our gross body also we do not know actually that we exist when we are sleeping we don't even know we exist completely gone completely unconscious but the lord is not like that he is beyond even satvagun as to, yesterday we learned turiya the fourth stage of consciousness always in the pure fourth stage he is above this uh, jagriti uh, swapna and sushupti uh, that means wakefulness dreaming and deep sleep that is the three stages of consciousness in this material world but the lord is always on the fourth stage the transcendental stage so even his sleeping is different from our sleeping yoga nidra hmm. this cosmic manifestation the material world is also your body this total lump of matter is agitated by your potent energy known as kala shakti and thus the three modes of material nature are manifested you awaken from the bed of shesha ananta and from your navel a small transcendental seed is generated it is from this seed that the lotus flower of the gigantic universe is manifested exactly as a banyan tree grows from a small seed <clears throat> so this is in his yoga nidra he is creating he is creating you know that's why it's called yoga nidra whereas our nidra is a roga nidra roga nidra means roga means disease we are in this disease of material existence and the disease is that we are completely ignorant blind <clears throat> unconscious to the truth uh, this we can say that's why roga nidra whereas here here he is yoga nidra from that great lotus flower brahma was generated but brahma certainly could see nothing but the lotus you see this was what i was telling therefore thinking you to be outside lord brahma dove into the water and attempted to find the source of the lotus for 100 years he could find no trace of you however for when a seed fructifies the original seed cannot be seen when seed the tree starts from the seed when the seed fructifies and then the plant starts to grow one cannot find the seed anymore but it is not that we should not mistake this idea that oh because it is man- it has become the plant now the seed is no more so because everything has come from krishna now krishna is no more no he could not see because he could not see the seed but actually the source of the seed is the lord that he could not see but after meditation he saw he saw the lord uh, 
the lord does not transform into everything no it's not a question of transformation om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva vasishyate you see this the personality of godhead is perfect and complete and because he is completely perfect all emanations from him such as this phenomenal world are perfectly equipped with as complete wholes whatever is produced of the complete whole is also complete in itself because he is the complete whole even though so many complete units emanate from him he remains the complete balance in other words i don't know if you have been confused by all the com- complete complete and perfect complete on all this the meaning is <laughs> when something comes from the lord suppose you take 5 out of 20 20 minus 5 is 15 and that 15 again minus 10 5 then the 5 minus 5 becomes 0 so as things come out it will become empty right it becomes zero but the lord no even complete eman- units emanate from him he remains the same person i mean even materially we have an example of this just like the parents father and mother when the child comes out it's not that the father and mother transformed into the child and no more father and mother are now there no they are still there and the child is still there he is he is a complete perfect in its uh, complete person in him in himself and they are complete persons in themselves they are still existing even though the child has come right so seed yes does not exist but the source of the seed was the lord and just like the father he injects the seed the semen into the womb of the mother and the child is born the seed the source of the seed yes that seed is now no more he has transformed into the the son or the daughter but the father is still existing so we should never mistake this to be the um, oh the seed he cannot be found so that the lord has become sarvam khalvidam brahma this is what the mayavadi say the lord has expanded into everything so the lord is lost now it has the universe is the lord now this is the worship the universe in this way they have a mis misconception about the lord lord brahma who is celebrated celebrated as atma yoni having been born without a mother was struck with wonder thus he took shelter of the lotus flower and when he had been purified after undergoing severe austerities for many hundreds of years he could see that the cause of all causes the supreme personality of godhead was spread throughout his own body and senses just as aroma although very subtle is perceived in the earth lord brahma could then see you possessing thousands and thousands of faces sarvatokshi shiromukham even purusha sukta om sahasra shirsha purusha sahasraksha sahasrapat sabhumim vishvato vritva atyatishthad dashangulam um so sar, sa, what is that sahasra shirsha om sahasra shirsha purusha shirsha means heads sahasra shirsha thousands of heads sahas um, what is it? not only thousands of heads sahasra shirsha purusha sahasraksha aksha means eyes thousands of eyes sahasraksha sahasrapat thousands of feet so this is explained in the bhagavad gita also in the 13th chapter 14th verse we have sarvatah pani padam tat sarvatokshi shiro mukham sarvatam sarvatah shruti malloke sarvam avritya tishthati everywhere are his hands and legs his eyes heads and faces and he has ears everywhere in this way the super soul exists pervading everything the paramatma 
He has ears and hands and eyes everywhere. We cannot hide anything from the Lord. We cannot. But the Lord Brahma, he could see this now, you know, when he achieved perfection in his uh, tapasya. You were very nicely dressed, being decorated and bedecked with varieties of ornaments and weapons. Seeing you in the form of Lord Vishnu, your your symptoms and form being transcendental, your legs extending from the lower planets, Lord Brahma achieved transcendental bliss. My dear Lord, when you appeared as Hayagriva with the head of a horse, you killed two demons known as Madhu and Kaitabha, who were full of the modes of passion and ignorance. Then you delivered the Vedic knowledge to Lord Brahma. For this reason, all the great saints appear your, accept your forms as transcendental, untinged by material qualities. So there was a Hayagriva form of the Lord where he has a horse head, but human body, like man-like body, not human body, human-like body, but a horse head. Um, and here he has a lion head. So these are all weird to hear about, but these are all transcendental pastimes. And the Lord is as beautiful in all these uh, manifestations as in any other incarnation. Even when he came as a boar, even when he came as a tortoise or a fish, he was very, very beautiful. In this way, my Lord, you appear in various incarnations. This is, ah, here it is said, actually. Itham nirtiriya grishideva jhashavatarair lokan vibhavaya sihamsi jagat pratipan dharmam pasi dharmam mahapurushapasi yugane vrittam channa kalau yadabhavastri yugota sattvam In this way, my Lord, you appear in various incarnations as a human being, an animal, a great saint, a demigod, a fish or a tortoise, thus maintaining the entire creation in different planetary systems and killing the demoniac principles. According to the age, O my Lord, you protect the principles of religion. In the age of Kali, however, you do not assert yourself as the Supreme Personality of Godhead and therefore you are known as Triyuga or the Lord who appears in three Yugas. So, indirectly, Prahlad Maharaj is indicating Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who does not assert himself as God in Kali Yuga. So, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu actually did that. He, he is God himself, but he did not assert himself as God. He said, I am a devotee of Krishna, that's all. In fact, I am a devotee of devotee of devotee of Krishna. That's how he presented himself. My dear Lord of the Vaikuntha planets, where there is no anxiety, my mind is extremely sinful and lusty. Prahlad Maharaj is saying, what to speak of us now? Of course, he is not sinful and lusty, but he is praying in that humble mood. But we should know that we are having all these qualities. He is teaching us how to pray, basically. My mind is extremely sinful and lusty, being sometimes so-called happy and sometimes so-called distressed. My mind is full of lamentation and fear and it always seeks more and more money. Thus, it has become most polluted and is never satisfied in topics concerning you. I am therefore most fallen and poor. In such a status of life, how shall I be able to discuss your activities? In other words, of course, in, in the example of Prahlad, where he did this? He never did this. But, um, he is praying like this. He is teaching us. Uh, in if we are going to be full of lust, lust and you know uh, lamentation and fear and always seeking more money, uh, if our mind is polluted in this way, we can na- we cannot be happy in the when we are discussing Krishna's topics. Uh, that is a very fallen and poor condition. In such a status of life, we cannot discuss Krishna's activities. So he is teaching us, putting himself in a humble position. Even Bhaktivinoda Thakur songs, Narutam Das Thakur songs, they always say in the song, I am the most fallen, wretched of all fallen souls. Please save me first. You have come to save fallen souls. I am raising my hand. I am the most fallen. Please raise me first. So, 
they are saying this but actually they are narottam you know narottam means the best of human beings narottam das thakur the best of human beings but they present themselves as naradham the worst of human beings um, this is out of their hum- humility and also they are teaching us how to actually offer a prayer we sometimes do not know how to offer in our pride we offer prayers to krishna the lord does not accept such prayers we have to offer with humility as the prahlad maharaj is saying my dear lord o infallible one my position is like, like that of a person who has many wives all trying to attract him in their own way for example the tongue is attracted to palatable dishes the genitals to sex with an attractive woman and the sense of touch to contact with soft thigh soft things sorry the belly although filled still wants to eat more and the ear not attempting to hear about you is generally attached attracted to cinema songs <laughs> proper translated here as cinema songs um <clears throat> that means mundane glorification of you know love story some love song this that you know all these pop songs all waste of time huh? the sense of smell is attracted to yet another side the restless eyes are attracted to the to scenes of sense gratification and the active senses are attracted elsewhere in this way i am certainly embarrassed hmm. is our material position in material world that is our position na huh? all our senses are pulling us in different different directions just as a person with many wives would be pulled by each wife in different directions and you can't handle it uh, my dear lord you are always situated on the other side of the river of death that means on the shore of deathlessness which is vaikuntha the river of death is the viraja river you are always transcendently situated on the other side of the river of death but because of the reactions of our own activities we are suffering on this side and the river is not just over the river okay. cross billions trillions gazillions of miles away that wide the river is it's like an ocean basically that's why it's called um, samsara sagar indeed we have fallen into this river and are repeatedly suffering the pains of birth and death and eating horrible things you know he's saying we are eating horrible things now kindly look upon us not only but upon me but also upon all others who are suffering and by your causeless mercy and compassion deliver us and maintain us oh my lord o supreme personality of godhead original spiritual master of the entire world what is the difficulty for you who manage the affairs of affairs of the universe in delivering the fallen souls engaged in your devotional service you are the friend of all suffering humanity and for great personalities it is necessary to show mercy to the foolish therefore i think that you will show your causeless mercy to persons like us who engage in your service so you create the entire material world and destroy it so what is difficult for you it is easy very easy for you to show mercy kindly show mercy on me and others oh best of the great personality i am not at all afraid of material existence the other place he said i am afraid of material existence now he is saying i am not afraid what is that afraid means he is very cautious of material existence oh any time i can fall down if i am not careful but now he is not afraid because actually he is never afraid of because he is always glorifying the lord and that that is what he explains without the glorification one moment without the glorification immediately maya is there so therefore he is saying i am not at all afraid of material existence for wherever i stay i am fully absorbed in thoughts of your glories and activities 
My concern is only for the fools and rascals who are making elaborate plans for material happiness and maintaining their families, societies and countries. I am simply concerned with love for them. So, this is actually a famous verse, Prabhupada always quoted this, but you know what, we are becoming very late here. So, I will just go through the translations only at this point. This also Prabhupada quoted many times, the preacher. My dear Lord Narsimhadev, I see that there are many saintly persons indeed, but they are interested only in their own deliverance. Not caring for the big cities and towns, they go to the Himalayas or the forest to meditate with vows of silence, Maunavrata. They are not interested in delivering others. As for me, however, I do not wish. What? I do not wish. Uh, where, where, where yeah. As for me, however, I do not wish to be liberated alone, leaving aside all these poor fools and rascals. I know that without Krishna consciousness, without taking shelter of your lotus feet, one cannot be happy. Therefore, I wish to bring them back to shelter at your lotus feet. So basically, he doesn't want to become free from this material world alone. He wants to take everybody. He wants to preach. He wants to be in the busiest part of the world. I don't want to be in the serene, beautiful, scenic Himalayas and you know, in that beautiful place and uh, ed- executing my meditation. No, I'm not interested. I want to be going to the hellish places where people are suffering. And I want to preach there. I'll take everybody. Not, I, I don't want to come to you alone. I want to take everybody with me. So that is the determination of Prahlad. And that is the determination of a preacher. He always is thinking how to make everybody happy. Not just himself. So we should, be, we should imbibe these qualities. As a preacher of this movement, we should always think of others' welfare, not our own welfare. Sex life is compared to the rubbing of two hands to relieve an itch. Grihamedhis, Prabhupada always quoted this verse. Grihamedhis, so-called grihasthas who have no spiritual knowledge, think that this itching is the greatest platform of happiness, although actually it is a source of distress. The Kripanas, the fools who are just the opposite of Brahmanas, are not satisfied by repeated sensuous enjoyment. Those who are dhira, however, who are sober and who tolerate this itching, are not subjected to the sufferings of fools and rascals. So, are not subjected to the fool suffering. Of, so, those who are who can stay away from this sex life is the best life. But majority of people can't do it. So, there is marriage limit. So, in fact, even if a, a person is just with one wife, he, even he is also called a brahmachari in that way. Brahmacharati iti brahmachari. Brahmachari means one who is walking the path of spiritual life. He is a brahmachari. So, if one is excessively attached to women and sex, and that is tamodvaram yoshitam sangisangam. But if he has only one wife and if he is just for progeny and if he has this sex life and rest of the time <coughs> he is engaged in devotional service, and even his family, his family members, he is um, engaging them in devotional service. That, uh, that is very good. That is the only solace. Otherwise, it is very, very miserable position, this family life. And to do that, we must associate with renounced devotees who are already doing it. And in their association, we also can get inspired to do it. O Supreme Personality of Godhead, there are 10 prescribed methods on the path of liberation to remain silent, not to speak to anyone, to observe vows, to amass all kinds of Vedic knowledge, to undergo austerities, to study the Vedas and other Vedic literatures, to execute the duties of Varnashram Dharma, to explain the Shastras, to stay in a solitary place, to chant mantra silently and to be absorbed in trance. These different methods of liberation, for liberation are generally only a professional practice and means of livelihood for those who have not conquered their senses. Because such persons are falsely proud, these procedures may not be successful. See, although there are so many processes, if one is proud of those following these processes, he is not successful. 
By authorized Vedic knowledge, one can see that the forms of cause and effect in the cosmic manifestation belong to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. For the cosmic manifestation is His energy. Both cause and effect are nothing but energies of the Lord. Therefore, O oh my Lord, just as a wise man, by considering cause and effect, can hmm? just as a wise man, by considering cause and effect, can see how fire pervades wood, those engaged in devotional service and understand how you are both the cause and effect. Basically, Sarva Karana Karanam, He is the cause of all causes. So, He appears as the effect, He appears as the immediate cause. All the immediate cause, everything, he is the cause for everything, actually. But it just appears like different things are causes of different things. Um, but actually, his hand, his will is behind everything. O Supreme Lord, you are actually the air, the earth, the fire, sky and water. You are the objects of sense perception, life as, the five senses, the mind, consciousness and false ego. Indeed, you are everything, subtle and gross. The material elements and anything expressed either by words or by the mind are nothing but you. Everything is a manifestation of the Lord. Maya tatam idam sarvam jagadavyakta murtina masthani masthani sarvabhutani nachaham teshvavasthitaha 9.4 of Bhagavad Gita Neither the three modes of material nature, Sattvagun, Rajagun, Tamagun, nor the predominating deities controlling these three modes, nor the five gross elements, nor the mind, nor the demigods, nor the human beings can understand your lordship. For they are all subjected to birth and annihilation. Considering this, the spiritually advanced have taken to devotional service. Such wise men hardly bother with Vedic study. Instead, they engage themselves in practical devotional service. Vedic study means, you know, the speculation. It's not that, oh, they don't study. Oh, good. This is very good, Prabhu. Such wise men hardly bother with Vedic study. Good Prabhu, I don't want to read Bhagavad Gita and all this thing. I just engage in some service in that. Engage in devotional service means what? Practical devotional service means there are nine processes. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam. Hearing, chanting, uh, remembering the Lord. That all, re- that all includes reading also. Uh, hearing means reading also. This Vedic study means this Karmakanda section, the Jnanakanda section, speculation, all this. They are not bothered with all that. They just... Uh, hear the pastimes of the Lord, like in Bhagavatam or Bhagavad Gita, they hear from the Lord. That they will not stop. That is Shravanam, that is devotional service. Mm. Therefore, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, the best of all persons to whom prayers are offered, I offer my respectful obeisances unto you, because without rendering six kinds of devotional service to you, unto you, offering prayers, dedicating all the results of activities, worshipping you, working on your behalf, always remembering your lotus feet and hearing about your glories, who can achieve that which is meant for the Paramahamsas? That means the spiritual world. The great saint Narada said, Thus Lord Narasimhadev was pacified by the devotee Prahlad Maharaj with prayers offered by, from the transcendental platform. The Lord gave up his anger and being very kind to Prahlad who was offering prostrated obeisances, he spoke as follows. Supreme Personality of God had said. So this is actually, few verses are there. In the next chapter also it is there. Supreme Personality of God had said, um, my dear Prahlad, most gentle one, best of the family of the Asuras, all good fortune unto you. I am very much pleased with you. It is my pastime to fulfill the desires of all living beings. And therefore, you may ask from me any benediction that you desire to be fulfilled. He asked him, you take from me any benediction that you want. My dear Prahlad, may you live a long time. One cannot appreciate or understand me without pleasing me. But one who has seen or pleased me has nothing more from which to lament for him for his own satisfaction. Hmm? 
When you see the Lord, there is nothing more that you want. My dear Prahlad, but still I want to give my benediction, you said. You are very fortunate. Please know from me that those who are very wise and highly elevated try to please me in all different modes of mellows. For I am the only person who can fulfill all the desires of everyone. Narad Muni said, Prahlad Maharaj was the best person in the family of Asuras who always aspire for material happiness. So, Asuras always aspire for material happiness. But he was the best person in the family of Asuras. Nonetheless, although allured by the Supreme Personality of Godhead who offered him all benedictions for material happiness, because of his unalloyed Krishna consciousness, he did not want to take any material benefit for sense gratification. And this is where we enter into the next chapter. The great saint, now you will see the mood of Prahalad Maharaj in this chapter. We are... <laughs> so, it will take another maybe 20 minutes or so. We will kindly be patient. Because this is very nice to understand. Hmm? The saint Narad Muni continued. Although Prahalad Maharaj was only a boy, when he heard the benedictions offered by Nord Narasimhadev, he considered them impediments on the path of devotional service. Thus, he smiled very mildly and spoke as follows. Prahlad Maharaj said, My dear Lord, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, because I was born in an atheistic family, I am naturally attached to material enjoyment. Therefore, kindly do not tempt me with these illusions. I am very much afraid of material conditions and I desire to be liberated from materialistic life. It is for this reason that I have taken shelter of your lotus feet. O my worshipable Lord, because the seed of lusty desires, which is the root cause of material existence, is within the core of my heart, everyone's heart, you have sent me to this material world to exhibit the symptoms of a pure devotee. The Lord sent him to this material world to exhibit the symptoms of a pure devotee. Hmm. To show others what are the actual symptoms of pure devotee. Otherwise, O oh my Lord, O oh Supreme Instructor of the entire world, you are so kind to your devotee that you could not induce him to do something unbeneficial for him. On the other hand, one who desires some material benefit in exchange for devotional service cannot be your pure devotee. Indeed, he is no better than a merchant who wants profit in exchange for service. So, if one engages in service of Krishna for some material gain, in, a, in expectation of material gain, he is a merchant, he is not a devotee. He is a businessman. So, he wants like a business transaction. I will do this service, you give me this. You know, there is a merchant, that is not a devotee. A servant who desires material profits from his master is certainly not a qualified servant or pure devotee. Similarly, a master who bestows benediction upon his servant because of a desire to maintain a prestigious position as master is also not a pure master. <laughs> oh my Lord, I am your unmotivated servant and you are my eternal master. There is no need of our being anything other than master and servant. <laughs> I, I don't want any remuneration. You are naturally my master and I am naturally your servant. We have no other relationship. He is stressing he how many times in this verse. I am your unmotivated servant and you are my eternal master. There is no need of our any, being anything other than master and servant. You are naturally my master and I am naturally your servant. Three times he said. We have no other relationship. <laughs> oh my Lord, best of the givers of benediction. If you at all want to bestow a desirable benediction upon me, then I pray from your Lordship that within the core of my heart there be no material desires. That is the benediction I want. Oh my Lord, because of lusty desires from the very beginning of one's birth, the functions of one's senses, mind, life, body, religion, patience, intelligence, shyness, opulence, strength, memory and truthfulness are vanquished because of lusty desires. 
O my Lord, when a human being is able to give up all the material desires in his mind, he becomes eligible to possess wealth and opulence like yours. Hmm. That is called Sarshti Mukti. Having the same opulence as the Lord. That we can, we can only have that if we can if we are able to give up all the material desires in his mind. Not that if he wants wealth, or well, then he will get the wealth equal to the Lord. No way. He will be a beggar only. O my Lord, full of six opulences, O Supreme Person, O Supreme Soul, killer of all miseries. O Supreme Person in the form of a wonderful lion and man, let me offer my respectful obeisances unto you. The Supreme Personality of God had said, My dear Prahlad, a devotee like you never desires any kind of material opulences, either in this life or in the next. Nonetheless, I order you to enjoy the opulences of the demons in this material world. Now, Narthamadev is saying, what, first he asked what benediction you want. He said, I don't want anything. No, now I am ordering you. I am giving you all the benedictions. <laughs> I order you to enjoy the opulences of the demons in this material world, acting as their king until the end of the duration of time occupied by Manu. The whole Manvantara, he was the king. How long is he? See, I think somebody asked the other day, how long did Prahlad live? He said, 100 years. No, you see. Until the duration, end of the duration of time occupied by Manu. That Manu, the end of that Manu. I think it was uh, Swayambhuva Manu. Yeah, Swayambhuva Manu. At that time. So, until the end of Swayambhuva Manu's reign, Prahlad Maharaj was the king of the Asuras. And Narasimhadev wanted him to be the king of the Asuras for that long, so that he can guide them in devotional service. It does not matter that you are in the material world. You should always continuously hear the instructions and messages given by me and always be absorbed in thought of me for I am the super soul existing in the core of everyone's heart. Therefore, give up fruitive activities and worship me. My dear Prahlad, while you are in this material world, you will exhaust all the reactions of pious activity by feeling happiness and by acting piously, you will neutralize impious activity. Because of the powerful time factor, you will give up your body, but the glories of your activities will be sung in the upper planetary systems and being fully freed from all bondage, you will return home back to Godhead. So he assured him of all success and now in this world as a complete, uh, completely powerful king and in the next world by going back to Godhead. One who always remembers your activities and my activities also and who chants the prayers you have offered becomes free in due course of time from the reactions of material activities. So we chant Prahlad Maharaj's prayers, we also get free. So all these prayers from 7.9.8 to 7.9.50, all the prayers yeah. and even Namaste Narasimhaya. So many prayers are there. Prahlad Maharaj said, O Supreme Lord, because you are so merciful to the fallen souls, I ask you for only one benediction. I know that my father at the time of his death had already been purified by your glance upon him, but because of his ignorance of your beautiful power and supremacy, he was unnecessarily angry at you, falsely thinking that you were the killer of his brother. Thus he directly blasphemed your lordship, the spiritual master of all living beings, and committed heavily sinful activities directed against me your devotee. I wish that he be excused for these sinful activities. The same behavior we saw in Jesus Christ when he was being crucified. He prayed to the Lord. He said, Oh Lord, please forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. So here, same way, Prahlad Maharaj, you know, he said, Oh, he committed heavily sinful activities directed against me, your devotee. I wish that he be excused. He never had any anger for him. That is devotee. Achata Shatru. Nirvairaha. 
vitamins anime nirvairamins no anime the supreme personality of god it said my dear prahlad o most pure o great saintly person your father has been purified along with 21 forefathers in your family you are asking for his liberation your father has been purified along with 21 forefathers in your family because you were born in this family the entire dynasty has been purified this is how the supreme lord helps the family of a devotee sometimes you know the devotees are excused especially those who join full time oh you have neglected your family and you joined here you know this is this is totally responsible what are you doing so the lord is saying that त्रिसप्तभे पिता पूतः पितृभे सहते सहते नघा यत साधोस्य कुले जातो भवान वै कुलपावनः कुलपावनः द होल डायनेस्टी इज प्यूरिफाइड हियर प्रभुपाद एक्सप्लेन्स अ वेरी नाइस पॉइंट इन द पर्पोर्ट द वर्ड त्रिसप्तभे मींस 7 मल्टीप्लाइड बाय 3 3 मींस 3 सप्तभे सप्त मींस 7 3 सप्त 3 टाइम्स 7 21 सो इन वंस फैमिली वन कैन काउंट बैक 4 और 5 जनरेशंस टू वंस ग्रेट ग्रैंडफादर और इवन वंस great grandfather's father actually in our family my father i remember when i was a small boy my father was making a chart of our family tree and we traced back until 10 generations 10 generations and he had a chart of all the names of all the children and grandchildren great grandchildren great 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 until until us until our generation but um, here uh, anyway that is what is the use of that you know but the main thing is this um here lord narsimhadev is saying uh, prabhupada is saying in the purport that if one's family in one's family one can count back four or five generations to one's great grandfather even one's great grandfather's father but since the lord mentions 21 forefathers this indicates that the benediction expands to other families also before the present family in which one has taken birth one must have taken born in other families in the previous birth thus when a vaishnava takes birth in a family by the grace of the lord he purifies not only that family but also the families of his previous births so just imagine how much the lord is helping the family of the devotee even though externally it may look like oh he is not supporting the family or with money or something like that but the lord is taking care of the family like no other like no other hmm whenever and wherever there are peaceful equipoise devotees who are well behaved and decorated with all good qualities that place and the dynasties there even if condemned are purified my dear prahlad the king of the daityas because of being attached to devotional service to me my devotee does not distinguish between lower and higher living entities in all respects he is never jealous of anyone those who follow your example will naturally become my pure devotees you are the best example of my devotee and others should follow in your footsteps in fact even in bhagavad gita uh, krishna said uh, daityanam prahladosmi uh, of all the demon, demons i am prahlad uh, prahlad is my representation so his mention he was there and even in the bhagavad gita itself and he is saying now the lord narasimhadev is saying that everyone must follow your footsteps my dear child uh, your father has already been purified just by the touch of my body at the time of his death 
Nonetheless, the duty of a son is to perform the Shraddha ritualistic ceremony after his father's death so that his father may be promoted to a planetary system where he may be, become a good citizen and devotee. After performing the ritualistic ceremonies, take charge of your father's kingdom, sit upon the throne and do not be disturbed by materialistic activities. Please keep your mind fixed upon me. Without transgressing the injunctions of the Vedas, as a matter of formality, you may perform your particular duties. Sri Narada continued, Thus, as the Supreme Personality of God had ordered, Prahlad Maharaj performed the ritualistic ceremonies for his father, O King Yudhishthira. He was then enthroned in the kingdom of Hiranyakashipu, as directed by the Brahmanas. Lord Brahma, surrounded by the other demigods, was bright-faced because the Lord was pleased. Thus, he offered prayers to the Lord with transcendental words. Of course, then the, uh, Brahma offers his prayers. See, okay. After the, okay, we will just read a few of these verses. See, Lord Brahma said, O Supreme Lord, O Lord, O Supreme Lord of all Lords, proprietor of the entire universe, O Benedictor of all living entities, O Original Person, Adipurusha, because of our good fortune, you have now killed the sinful demon who was giving trouble to the entire universe. This demon Hiranyakashipu received from me the benediction that he would not be killed by any living being within this, within my creation. With this assurance. And with strength derived from austerities and mystic power, he became excessively proud and transgressed all the Vedic injunctions. By great fortune, Hiranyakashipu's son Prahlad Maharaj has now been released from death. For although he is a child, he is an exalted devotee. Now he is fully under the protection of your lotus feet. My dear Lord, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, you are the Supreme Soul. If one meditates upon your transcendental body, you naturally protect him from all sources of fear, even the imminent danger of death. The Personality of Godhead replied, My dear Lord Brahma, O great Lord born from the lotus flower. Just as it is dangerous to feed milk to a snake, so it is dangerous to give benedictions to demons who are by nature ferocious and jealous. I warn you not to give such benedictions to any demon again. <laughs> the Lord is warning Brahma, don't do this again. Don't give benedictions to these demons. They have nothing good in their heart. No good intentions. See how much danger he has caused to the Brahmanas, Vaishnavas, everything. And how he has offended my son, I mean, his own son, my devotee. The Lord is warning Brahma not to give any more benedictions like this. <laughs> Narad Muni continued, O King Yudhishthira, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is not visible to an ordinary human being, spoke in this way, instructing Lord Brahma. Then, being worshipped by Brahma, the Lord disappeared from that place. So, this was the disappearance. So, Lord Narasimhadev did not take birth from any mother and father and then, you know, you know, disappear or somebody, you know, killed him. No, he disappeared. There were some other kinds of stories where they have, like, you know, uh, Lord Shiva kill, had to kill Narasimhadev and all these things, but, you know, it's not all bogus. All bogus the real thing is that the Lord disappeared. So, of course, after that he was crowned as the king. Thus, the two associates of Lord Vishnu who had become Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashipu, the sons of Diti, were born, were both killed. By illusion, they had thought that the Supreme Lord who situated in everyone's heart was their enemy. Being cursed by the Brahmanas, the same two associates took birth again as Kumbhakarna and the ten-headed Ravana. These two Rakshasas were killed by Lord Ramachandra's extraordinary power. Pierced by the arrows of Lord Ramachandra, both Kumbhakarna and Ravana lay on the ground and left their bodies, fully absorbed in thought of the Lord, just as they had in their previous births as Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashipu. They took birth, they both took birth again in human society as Shishupala and Dantavakra and continued in the same enmity toward the Lord. It is they who merged into the body of the Lord in your presence. This was actually seen in the Rajasuya sacrifice. 
when uh, Krishna struck uh, Shishupala with the Sudarshan Chakra, the soul in the Shishupala's body went and merged into the Lord. Everybody could see it. Not only Shishupala and Dantavakra, but also many, many other kings who had acted as enemies of Krishna attained salvation at the time of death because they thought of the Lord, they perceived, they received spiritual bodies and forms the same as his, just as worms captured by a black drone obtain the same type of body as the drone. There is a drone like that. Anyway, so that is the end of the description of Narasimha Leela and the Srimad Bhagavatam. So, thank you all for patiently listening to it. It has been a little longer today. And now, I will answer any questions if there are any. We'll try to answer them quickly, as quickly as possible. Vishnu Teja asked the question. So, Prabhu, can you please forgive me for my aparads against you and all the other exalted Vaishnavas? <laughs> what aparad? No aparad, you know. <clears throat> can snakes on this earth, another question by Vishnu Teja. Can snakes on this earth get illuminated if rains fall on their hood? So anyway, that mood of asking, asking devotees for forgiveness, that should always be there for all devotees. We should always uh, seek forgiveness from devotees and always be careful not to offend them. Otherwise, our fate will be like Hiranyakashipu. Not exactly Hiranyakashipu because Hiranyakashipu was killed by the Lord himself, but we will be killed by some natural disaster or some COVID-19 or some accident or something like that and go to hell. So, we should always, you know, uh, be very careful. <coughs> Vishnu Teja, next question. Can snakes on this earth get illuminated if rain falls on their hood? Uh, not every time. But on certain astrological, uh, I mean, certain planetary influences, it happens. That is the description in the Shastra. Of course, I don't have personal experience of it, but that's what the Shastra says, so it must be true. Uh, Ayapa, is Sarabeshwara is real or bogus? Huh? This is the one, Sarabeshwara. Some some form came and killed Hiranyakashipu or something. He uh, killed Narasimhadev. This is never mentioned in the Bhagavatam. This is all... You know, it's some bogus nonsense. So, another question. In the Brihan Narasimha Purana, it is stated that Prahlad Maharaj had unknowingly observed the Narasimha Chaturdasi Vrata in his previous lifetime, as a result of which he became a pure devotee. But Lord Narasimhadev only appeared after the appearance of Hiranyakashipu and Prahlad. So, how is it possible that the aforementioned Vrata was already in existence? Because Lord Narasimhadev comes not only once, you know, many, many times, just like Krishna comes once in a day of Brahma. Lord Narasimhadev also comes repeatedly, many, many times, you know. So, just like the Narasimha Puran has the uh, instance of uh, a Muslim man chanting uh, Haram, Haram, where is it coming from? Another Kali Yuga. So, these rotations of cycles of Kala Chakra, you know, it happens. And in each day of Lord Brahma, all these incarnations come. So, it is is also there. Venkatesh Prabhu. Prahlad me. What is the meaning of the name Prahlad? So I think we already explained this before. Prahlad. Hlad means happiness, bliss. So Prahlad means one who makes others happy. Uh, Prahlad. He is always happy. Prahlad means uh, one meaning is he is always happy, full of happy. Prakrishrupena Prahlad. That means very, very happy. He is fully happy. 
because he is always chanting the glories of the Lord. And he, he always, he, whomever he meets, he also makes that person happy. That is a pure devotee. He, because he gives Krishna to everybody, so that person becomes happy. So, Prahlad means one who gives happiness to um, others. But Narasimhadev is called Prahlada Halada Dayane. Prahlada Ahlada Dayane. That means he gave happiness to the giver of happiness, Prahlad, um, by appearing before him. Um, so, two questions from yesterday. Okay, first we will answer this question from Vishnu Teja. He is asking, what happens to Krishna devotees who don't surrender to a spiritual master? Then they are not even devotees. They are not devotees. So, ye me bhakta jana partha name bhakta astate jana. Mad bhakta naam sa ye bhakta. I think I won't show because it will take some time to take out. It is from the Adipuran. Krishna is saying. <coughs> it is I think quoted in the Madhilila chapter 11 text 28 of Chaitanya Charitamrita. So, I think maybe we will just take it out. No, why not? So, ye me bhakta jana partha name bhakta astate jana. Mad bhakta naam chaye bhaktas, teme bhakta tamamata. Where, how is he even a devotee? See, those who are my direct devotees are actually not my devotees, but those who are the devotees of my servant are actually my devotees. Then we have another one. By King Kulashekar in the Mukundamala Stotra. Majjan mana phalamidam madhukaita bhare matprarthaniya madanugraha esha eva tvadbhritya bhritya parichara kabhritya bhritya bhritya sabhritya itimam smaralokanatha. How many times you use the word bhritya? Bhritya means servant. O enemy of Madhu and Kaitabha, O Lord of the universe, and the perfection of my life and the most cherished mercy you could show me would be for you to consider me the servant of 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 your servant. What Krishna devotee without spiritual master? This is nonsense. Um, complete nonsense. Um, <clears throat> so, we can only be devotees if we follow the another devotee. Chadiya Vaishnav Seva Nistar Paiche Keva Ihare Koriya Jai Chadanona Jai Sadhu Kripa Vina Ar Nahiko Upaya Without uh, serving the lotus feet of a devotee, we can never go to Krishna. Forget it. There's no even the spiritual life has not even begun yet for such a person. First, Ado Gurvashrayam Sadharma Picha. Ado means first thing one must do is to surrender to a spiritual master. Then only and everything starts. Otherwise, there's no spiritual life. He's not even a devotee. Mm. Yeah, so we have other verses, but you get the point. Actually. We will take out one more verse. 7.15.26 of Bhagavatam. 7th Kandu, 15th chapter 26. Yasya sakshat bhagavati jnana deepa prade gurau martya sadhi shrutam dasyas sarvam kunjara saochava. The spiritual master should be considered to be directly the Supreme Lord because he gives transcendental knowledge for enlightenment. Consequently, for one who maintains the material conception that the spiritual master is an ordinary man, an ordinary human being, everything is frustrated. His enlightenment and his Vedic studies and knowledge are like the bathing of an elephant. It's useless. 
Sri is asking, is it true that the body of the Lord and his devotees in the spiritual world are not very perfect in shape, meaning their bodies are not so defined and quite chubby? I am asking this for doing Krishna conscious art, so please tolerate this useless soul. Why the bodies are not perfect? Defined means what? All six pack abs. Is that what you are asking for? <laughs> the Lord does not have such a such kind of body. It is said that the Lord Narasimhadev has soft hands in the Narasimha Kavacha mantras. It is explained. It will take me time to actually take it out on the screen, but it is explained that he had soft hands. In fact, even we chant also Tavakara Kamala. Tavakara Kamala Vare Nakham Adbhuta Shringam. His hands were like lotus. You know, not like, you know, uh, you know, all the muscles and everything. No. That kind of body is more like a demoniac body. No. It is very soft, like Krishna, you see. It's not that he was, he, he was never shown that he had a muscular body and, you know, like six-pack abs and everything. No. He had just like a normal body. But he was stronger than anything else. He, he lifted the hill. Not that he had big biceps and triceps and he, like that he lifted. <laughs> he just lifted, you know, a small boy, seven-year-old, and with a little finger he just lifted and he was making jokes with the gopis and he was looking at their breasts. <clears throat> you know, he was having fun. Just, you know, without any thing. Ah, another uh, Vishwambhu, he has come to my rescue. Thank you very much. Copy-paste on the screen. So, here we have... <coughs> Another description, nice description. Where is this from? Huh? This is from, I don't know. Where is this from? Chaturbhujam Komalangam Swarna Kundala Shobhitam Saroja Shobhito Raksham Shobhito Raksham Ratna Keyura Mudritam the Lord has four arms and his limbs are very soft. He is decorated with golden earrings. His chest is resplendent like the lotus flower and his arms are decorated with jewel studded ornaments. See? Yeah. Very, very pleasing form. <coughs> so, even in the Ugrarupa form, he was very pleasing. So, that chubby features is all... In fact, he had belly folds, you know, Krishna. And that is uh, <coughs> explained in the Dhamudrashtakam also. So, these are... Uh, <clears throat> these are all not that he was you know, obese and you know, horrible beautiful bodily features perfect the perfection of form um, that is called nirakar nirakar means nih when the, when the prefix nih is used it is either, either negation or perfection in both the places the nih is used so nih plus akar is nirakar it also means he has no form which meaning he doesn't have a form made of material elements that we can see, that we are generally used to. Or nirakar also means the best of forms. Um, in fact, even in the Bhagavad Gita, after he saw all that universal form, when he saw the form of Krishna, first the Chaturbhuja Rupa and then the Dvibhuja Rupa, the two-handed form. First the four-handed form and then the two-handed form. He said Saumya Rupam, very beautiful form. He did not say very muscular form or six-pack form. No, a very beautiful form. Komalangam. <clears throat> Body of uh, Ch Lord Chaitanya and Krishna. Same, same. All, all, all. 
how did you come to krishna consciousness so that is an irrelevant question for the present class so we will not answer that <laughs> i'm sorry because i mean we are already 3 hours into this session i am trying to like you know and this and you answer a question which will start another huge discussion hmm so <coughs> jagannath prabhu asked yesterday which i forgot to i mean i <coughs> sorry i overlooked this question yesterday i think two questions were there <coughs> jagan jagan prabhu asked if we are living in a dream because this life is like a dream if we are living in a dream of 100 years then all our actions during the dream becomes void so yes so that is why we don't remember what is in our past life right so all becomes void but then the question is what happens to our devotional activities in this life because this life is a dream and now our devotion is also part of the dream or is it reality or what so basically this is the awakening from that dream state so it takes some time for us to awaken right so that is this vaidhi bhakti where our attraction for the lord is not complete yet hmm. from the dream state we are awakening so when we are suppose we are deep sleep or we are in dreaming state when we hear an alarm it takes a while for us to actually hear the alarm and it goes into our subconsciousness slowly waking us up and finally we become awake so similarly um this sound here is not the alarm clock but the holy name of the lord is like that when we are chanting vaidhi bhakti we are now awakening we are in the process of awakening from this dream so dream means activities pertaining to the body as self like if we consider our body to our, to be our self and engage in activities in that consciousness that is the dream but our soul is real is, is, is reality so the activities of the soul are also real so the dreamy activities are those of this subtle body and the gross body so in the in the dream i mean in when we are actually sleeping and when we dream that dream is being carried out in the subtle body and this dream in the gross body but the spiritual activity is of the soul is not of the subtle and gross bodies so that is real reality so it is not the dream so our devotional activities in this life are not part of the this dream of this material world they are actually real activities that's why our religion the name is sanatan dharma it is the occupation of the soul which is eternal it is not destroyed when with the destruction of the body this dharma the sanatan dharma it goes on carries to our next if we do not finish how much ever we have finished we will start from there in the next life if we have finished we will go to the sanatan abode so the lord is sanatan we are sanatan the lord's abode is sanatan and the process by which to serve the lord is also called sanatan dharma uh that is one question and what is this okay uh this is also another question from yesterday so sri asked this question if one is not so intelligent to learn these vedic texts to gain spiritual knowledge but chants the holy names of krishna with faith in his spiritual master and follows the four regulatory principles can he return to godhead yes can but we must do our best to learn also because why can't we learn i mean we should learn that's why from tomorrow we will be learning the shlokas so not everyone maybe will be able to learn all the shlokas you know but we should learn the major ones at least we should learn the main ones and it's not very difficult to learn once you put in the proper practice into it hmm. 
Is Iskon run by demons because they sang eulogies of Kirtananda Swami who abused children but said nothing of for the late Hamsadutta Maharaj and Sulochan Prabhu? Well, you know, we all know what is going on in Iskon, so the offense, I mean, the Sri Prabhupada's order is not being followed by, so, you know, let Krishna answer to that. Our job, we have to preach. We have to preach and we have to make more devotees and all of you become strong devotees. And let us focus on the work, work of preaching. When Gaudiamat, Prabhupada's spiritual master, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur's uh, institution, all the disciples were, you know, not following the order of their spiritual master. What did Prabhupada do? He just ignored them and went and started his own preaching. He went to the America and then started. And he made his own movement, you know, without any help from them. So like that, that is the same situation. So we will just go on. We, of course, we are not as powerful as Prabhupada that, you know, alone we can do everything. But, we in cooperation, keeping Srila Prabhupada's instructions in our heart as a center, we will proceed forward and actually we are seeing a lot of success and we have to just continue with that and associate with devotees. So, you also become a strong devotee and come into this army and we will preach. So, Vishnuji is asking, how come, oh, this is a, I can't answer that question. Alright, so I think we have come to the end of this session. Thank you for joining in this Narasimha series, five, uh, five episodes and I, we also want to thank, I think, uh, Swati Mataji, who has actually requested for this uh, series. So, after this, so tomorrow we will be starting with the Shloka learning course. Alright, so please uh, bring as many of, of your friends as possible into it and uh, any devotees that you know, everybody. So, everybody need to know this science. Alright, thank you very much. Jai Narasimhadev Bhagavan ki jai, Pralad Maharaj ki jai, Shri Prabhupada ki jai, Srimad Grantraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Nitai Gaur Premanande, Anantakodi Vaishnav Vrind ki jai, Hare Krishna.